Now entering Nerdist.com. You may win, you may win, you may win, oh yeah. You may win, you may win, you may win, yes you did. You made it weird, oh yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Hey weirdos, what's happening? Uh, just a couple announcements before we get into a wonderful and uh, trippy episode with uh, Jordan Voigt Rabbits. Jordan Voigt Rabbits. Uh, February 14th, well, that'll have passed. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. If it's February 15th and you're listening to this the day it comes out, I am in Vancouver and uh, we're doing a live podcast tonight at 7 p.m. at Venue in Vancouver, Canada. So please come out to that. It's going to be wonderful. Also, I'm going to be in Madison, Wisconsin with Chris Thayer, 500 weeks, uh, February 21 through 23 at Comedy Club on State. March 9th, I'm going to Grand Rapids, Michigan for Gilda's Laugh Fest. That's going to be awesome as well. Uh, YouMadeItWeird.com to get t-shirts and to donate if you're feeling nasty. I always appreciate the donations. They're really, really nice and thoughtful and great. And the uh, most direct way, of course, to support the show and to support Katie and her most recent ailment. And uh, the sponsor is Amazon. If you feel like buying something on Amazon, go to Nurse.com, click on the banner, and then shop like you normally would. Normally, normally would. That's it. I love this episode. I was so thrilled to get Jordan in, and it was super, super fun, and I hope you enjoy it. I, I feel like we've been on a really good run of episodes lately, and this is no exception, so I really hope you enjoy it. And, uh, you know, hey, I think I think we go too long without saying it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy. Yo, fuck allergies, you know what I mean? Fuck that shit. Some pussy shit, yeah? Straight up. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. What's up, man? Put these on. Okay. Then it's real. Oh, everything's real. Everything is real. Well, it is debatable what is real. Is everything the same thing? Everything is. Everything is different. No. No. Everything is the same thing. Is it? Yeah. Tell me about that. How come I can't hear myself? Oh, this isn't plugged in. It's all just matter that we don't understand, you know? Is that right? It's just... Slow down to a different frequency? Different frequency. Different vibration? Yeah, this this is just molecules at a different frequency than these molecules. I was just... My molecules are sending fucking waves through the air that are vibrating little hairs in your fucking ears right now, and your brain is figuring that out. It's all the same bullshit. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Why are we here? Doesn't make any sense. And we all act like it's okay. It's fucking bullshit. Well, doesn't our doesn't our ego do a good job of like defining itself with the past and the future and all like predicting the future and interpreting the past and being like I'm a thing. I'm Pete Holmes. I'm a comedian and I'm a, a podcast host. And you're Jordan Voigt Roberts and and you're a man. You're a man and you're uh, you live in 2012 and it's four o'clock. Yeah, but <laughs> I think that hey man, I'm th- with I, you. I'm just I playing. Think, I think. <laughs> I think my my drug use like removed that filter, you know, That's and and so you said something weird to me once where I was like, because I meditate now and you don't meditate, right. and I was like, what if we could get to a place where we're, we kind of feel like we're tripping all the time? And I still I remain on that mission, but you were like, I don't want to feel that way all the time. I want to just take drugs and feel that way when I want to feel that way. I want to use it as like a slingshot to like break <clears throat> out of my reality. But you feel like you have a little bit. And I, please don't take that as that, that a pretentious I, no, no, no. moment to be like, you think you're better than us? I think you've evolved a little bit. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, not, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm like an Ubermensch or something. No, but like, no, no. But no. Uh, I, 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 I legitimately am the type of person that like I don't understand why this is happening. Yes, like I don't understand why we do this. Why life I, exists? Why life exists? Why we all think this is normal? Why we all make ourselves miserable over like debt and money and love? When like there's a way bigger issue to me of like <laughs> ah what the fuck is happening in this world and this universe we don't know what anything is like the fundamental conceit of life is that we don't know anything about anything we like know something about something but nothing about anything and that's crazy to me you know it is it is crazy to me that there aren't more people in the world that are just straight up like what the fuck is happening we need to like throw trash cans through windows to uh-huh. get answers. Well, well, don't encourage that. <laughs> I liked everything you were saying, but I'm one of those. I, anarchy is so terrifying to me. I don't want anarchy. I, I just mean it more so in the sense of like, hey, uh... more like, more like uh, somebody, a wonderful weirdo, posted on my um, on the Facebook page of this show, uh, and and it was a, a Timothy Leary um, thing, mm-hmm. and it was his quote, and they animated. I, Katie, can you look it up so I can plug? Are we it? recording right now? Yeah. Oh, great. Of course. That's how we do it? I'd be so, no, like, I'd be no so sad go. if everything, <laughs> if everything you said was well, lost. Oh, but anyway, you're going to like this, and then I'm going to spring great. it right back to you. Is is um, <clears throat> the quote is you're not like them, not even a little bit. This idea that uh, it's a little um, it's a little uh, elitist, I suppose. What's up? Where is it? Oh, um, we got to go to recent post by others. Oh, here we go. Uh huh. Uh huh. You can edit this part out, right? I mean, do, I guess you can do, leave it out. Do, 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 do. Just keep this part Here of the podcast, because this is what people are going to love. You know what? I actually, I, I like those little moments. Those little awkward silences? You should, I guess you should take it out. No, keep it in. I'm with you, man. People are going to want to know what happened, how this transpired. I. That's why I always. Katie's always the best at it. You want to start recording right away to go back to your like, have we begun thing? Because like, I wish when I saw no, you, I thought that was great because I was like, oh, this is such a weird conversation right now. It's a great weird conversation, I'm, and we're not we're not done with it. Okay, so it's it's uh, zenpencils.com, and uh, you can look this up, and it's really cool. And if they sold it, I would buy it. Oh, look, they say free posters. Looks like I could get it for free. <laughs> and it's admit it, you're not like them. You're not even close. You may occasionally dress yourself up as one of them. Watch the same mindless television shows as they do. Maybe even eat the same fast food sometimes. I love that it says sometimes. He's like, just sometimes. Sometimes I like a Whopper. But it seems uh, that the more you try to fit in, the more you feel like an outsider. Blah, blah, blah. So it's all these mm-hmm. – you can see it's all these images of a guy and everybody else is great. Right. And you say have a nice day and awful weather. But what you really want to do is tell me something that makes you cry or what do you think deja vu is for. That's what I – that's how that's I talk how you to feel, people. Right? That's how that's how – that's like – Oh, how I talk to I people. Not close that? When, I, when I talk to people Sorry. at when I talk to like a girl at a bar, like those are the types of questions that I ask, which makes yeah. it seems like I'm just like a shitty dude hitting on them. I understand. You know, it's like uh, what, uh, what makes you cry? Like that's actually what I want. Like, Buddy. I I want to know like what makes you, Pete Holmes, sad? Like, what are the the, the ten things in your life that you like? You're gonna love this randomly, here. or Let's, just like this makes me sad. Like, gonna, these okay. are these are the things I care about <laughs> okay. in life. These are the conversations sad. that I want to know. And deja vu. We'll get to deja all vu. Of I don't really care about. Who cares? That one is less interesting to right. me as well. And that got solved in the Matrix, so we know. It's so funny. I was uh, meditating today, and I was thinking about how the Matrix really is. Um, Oh, God, I'm back in college. I'm such a loser. I'm going to go ahead and not censor myself. But I was feeling, I was like, no, that's true. You can wake up and see the code. Because the the code that I was looking at 
was my cells and kind of like what you were saying. This table is the mm-hmm. matrix and I'm the matrix sure. and this is the matrix. But that's also true. It's all energy and it's matter and it's light right. and all that sort of stuff. And I know this is new agey, but I was like – when Dwight Slade did the show, we were talking about you know E equals MC squared and, and people who – could learn how to manipulate energy and could manipulate mm-hmm. matter, therefore. And that's what The Matrix is really about, is sure. a guy who wakes up, realizes he's in a computer program, and then can fly and stop bullets. But then, you know, really what Zen people and religious people have been saying for a long time, not religious, but spiritual people, mm-hmm. have been saying for a long time is that you can do that yourself. You can right. wake up and go like, there's no separation between you and I, right. Jordan. We're, this, we're, we're this, in the same goo, the same whatever, the we're, same... yes. Existence. We're being at the same time. Exactly. We're a part of the same conscious idea, I yeah. suppose. Well, and that's what I feel like most hallucinogens really did for me, at least the first time, which was like pull that filter out entirely. Where like, you know, if you're if you're interested in any way in like a basic philosophical idea of like the relationship between the mind and the body, which yeah. is like a very core, just philosophical concept. Nothing will shatter that more instantaneously than a hallucinogen, you know, Mm -hmm. like mushrooms or acid or something, because for the first time in your life, every filter that has been beat into you and told, like, this is your existence, this is your construct. This is your definition. This is your definition. These are the things that hold the molecules in your body together. I just felt like it exploded. Yeah. Like, it just just melted. And then, you know, it's like you have that, like, uh, yeah, hilarious idea of, like, oh, this table. I I feel this table. You know, like... But it is like there is something really true and profound to that where like you can stare at the ste- the ceiling. Like I've stared at the ceiling on mushrooms and said, you know what? This ceiling really gets it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and like, and that's so dumb. I feel like a, a really basic thing that like if we're going to have this conversation. We I, are going to have this conversation. Well, and, I, and I'm into it. And if, well, why not? <laughs> oh, I'm I, only trying to give you a green light. Please don't be no, a people. No, no, no. People like no, this. I, or I just, I just feel like uh, I figured this would be what our conversation Sure, yeah. I feel like in some weird way I'm responsible for whatever spiritual journey you've, you've yeah, been you, on, even you, though you, you and know. I are like weren't that good of friends at the time that I was like, hey, you should do uh, some crazy drugs. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I, you've always been, I say this to defend my ego and my image. I want to be like, oh, I don't do them as much as you, which is true, but I'm a little ashamed <laughs> at my cowardice that I want people to know that. No, it's fine. I know, but it's it's a little bit silly. It's okay. Why, but, what, what would be the big deal if I did do a lot of drugs? It doesn't it matter. Deal. It doesn't matter. I think, it, I think that it would be, as long as you, I think if you know how to use them, they're the most powerful tools that we have. I think that's... See, uh, that's, see, that's a big it, statement, though. I'm afraid of not being able to use it, and I'm afraid of frying my brain, and I think we should be I afraid think, of frying I think frying that's a brains. legitimate thing, yeah. but I, I think that... Um, you know, I, I'm definitely a different person now than when I started doing those drugs, but... Uh, well, t- tell me, go back to... You said you took it and it took the filter away. All right, well, first, real quick, I just... In this conversation, I feel like it's really important to just state that, like, there's no way to really talk about this stuff without sounding like an idiot. I know. Like, well, that's why I was just, like, oh, the Matrix is real. There's, no, there's no way... You just have to own it. To I, anyone that's else, what I was To anyone it. else listening, it's just going to sound... Unless you are into this stuff... You know, there's that Hunter S. Thompson quote that I'm going to butcher that's like, uh, fuck. It's like, you'll never meet anyone who's gone to the other other side because 
they don't come back. Something something like along yes. those lines. Well, that's what Duncan, Duncan Trussell, and I said this on the Dwight Slade podcast, I think, made that really interesting uh, analogy about uh, enlightened people. So right. let's not just say drug people, but like sure. people that like evolve and When you cross that threshold, cross, things change. And they don't want to go back. It's like crashing a plane into icy water right. and they escape. And why would they want to jump back into the icy water and even get we, Exactly. But even... <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what it's like. Uh, even when you <clears throat> read literature on it by mm. medical professionals or just incredibly intelligent people, Doors of Perception or whatever. That's a book. It's a book. It's a, you've never read it? I only look at cartoons of quotes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, let me, admit, well, let me put it in cartoon form real quick. No, it's, it's a book that uh, – that's where The Doors got their name from. It's, oh. from. it's from this book called The Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley, the guy who wrote Brave New World. And he, it's mainly him talking about, like, uh, I think mescaline and a bunch of other weird drugs. But mm-hmm. um, he puts these, like, very well-written, bizarre, convincing arguments for, like, why these are important experiences in your mm. life. And, and the ways in which they shape and change your brain and the way in which they, they snap you out of your current existence. But th- I think the conceit that I'm getting at is, like, you can't talk about any of this stuff without sounding like a dummy. Mm-hmm. So... So let's which, sound like which, dummies. Which sucks. So let's sound like dummies. And I'm, I I'm, love com- being I'm a dummy. Com- I am the biggest dummy. Uh, and so I, I love these conversations. I love this stuff. But, like, you know, there's just a certain point where <laughs> you just sound like an idiot. Yeah. I'm okay with that. No, I, and, and if that helps, that helps me. That's why I want to be like, look, I'm, I'm not even a huge drug person. In fact, here's, here's what I'll put towards you. And this conversation will be all over the place. I, I feel like you're not going to forget what you were about to say. <clears throat> What I've been trying to do lately through meditation and then through these meditative walks that I take at night, right? Night walks. Night walks, you call them. Uh, what you do is, is, is uh, meditation and drugs mm-hmm. and um, all that stuff is all to me about being present. It's about presence. It's about sure. uh, being right there and realizing, tapping into how fucking interesting the ceiling actually is mm-hmm. and how interesting everything is. Right. Let me tell you this. Uh, when I dream and I lucid dream, I often will marvel. Do you like lucid dreaming? I love it. Really? Why wouldn't you like I it? I don't because I I got I accidentally got into it for a while. It was like this. I had this, I, because you I had this, I had this really it? weird insomnia, like working and, like, in a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I don't know how I ended up here. <laughs> I would only do my lucid dreaming in a warehouse. It was very bizarre. Uh-huh. But I accidentally had this period of my life where I started lucid dreaming, where I was just very aware and I was changing my dreams, and I just I didn't like it. because Why? Because I think to me, the power and the like magic and the bizarreness of dreams is the fact that you don't have control. You know, and it's the fact that it is this weird shit that's So happening. then choose to go with it. I just, I guess I just found it like more, you know, people don't really know why we dream in general. Like yep. it's this thing that's like, is it your brain decompressing? Is it like, is it working out all these like deep rooted things in this, in these ways that we don't understand? Like we right. don't know. It's another thing like, oh, we don't understand any of this. We don't know why we dream. You right. know what I mean? Right, like, right. That's a pretty big the thing deal. that happens to that you That thing every that happens night. every night for the rest of your life. Yep. That literally as an adult man, you can wake up from crying. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or having come in your bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is a super powerful. This is a or ideally both. <laughs> this is a super powerful thing that happens to everyone. Yeah. Where our brain is the most powerful thing on the in the universe and we're giving it free reign for like eight yeah. hours a night to right. be like, yo, hey, go nuts. Like right. don't fuck us up in the night. Right. And, and it does it. But whatever. I'm interested in, in if I have a sex dream, I'll be horny all day. I, I get like my orders for the day from my dreams. It's really weird. Like I had a sex dream last night and I've jaded it twice today. 
You heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> and why? Because I woke up and I had this vivid sex dream, which is new for me. I never used to have sex dreams, as you know, mm-hmm. from, yeah, from, from Mashup. <laughs> That's true, though. That's true. Jordan really? directed Mashup, and that was completely true. And even when I was performing that joke, it was still true. And now, <clears throat> since then, I've had more uh, sex dreams. Um, so then I woke up and I was just like, "Well, but waking up from a sex dream is like a weird thing where it's like something got ripped away from you." You know, it would be. Oh, it, I finished. It, That's what made it weird. Like it was in. Wait, wait, you like wet dream finished? No, like, no, no, like, no. Bro, I, oh, you you got up and you you jerked off. Jade it <laughs> twice, <laughs> not back to back, but there was there was a there was a tasteful break. Hey, nothing wrong with going back to back sometimes, you know. You ever been jerking off and you're like, "I'm going to do this again right after"? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. What? <laughs> it's so good. You're just like, this, just is, this is what I want to do you all want, day. I mean, uh. But anyway, see, I actually think dreams are a microcosm of why people are bored and disinterested in all of this stuff. Because it's very, it's true. It's a truth that when people start talking about their dreams, people are like, whatever. Right. Like, you hate it. And I and we start talking about meditation or or these new agey kind of concepts, and people have that same knee jerk response. When when I was a kid, though, nothing was more interesting than dreams, right? And they were more vivid and more beautiful and more real seeming. You know what I mean? And I w- I was like, why aren't we all talking about this? Uh, you want to know something really depressing? My a lot of my dreams these days are, and I'll occasionally have like a wonderful, vivid, bizarre dream, but. One of my and I'll I'll like, we'll call it a nightmare at this point because it happens so frequently. My dreams have become so dull and boring that I will regularly dream that I checked my email, hmm. and I will dream fictional emails of like news or correspondence or work related things or wow. like hey, we're doing this thing, we need you to show up, or hey, don't bother with this. And it's gotten to the point where it's actually gotten me in trouble because you wake up and, you know, your brain just is going with whatever just right. happened in that dream. Sure. So like, like me with the J.M. Exactly. <laughs> no, with me and the Dr. J. This is the difference between me and you. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking people and you're checking no, emails. Look, it's, it's like horrifyingly boring. Yours actually, that sounds like, it sounds sad. It sounds anxious. It sounds kind of a little bit like you're, you're suffocating or something. Well, are, you checking, are you checking your email too much? <laughs> yeah, I am checking my email. Like, that's honestly like I'm like, oh, we should unplug from that s- sort of stuff. Totally. Well, I'm also in this weird place in general. God, this is all right, this conversation is just going all over the place. But I'm also in a place in general where... I'm going to tell you about my night walks. I, I want to hear I want to hear about your <laughs> night walks. I want to hear about what makes you sad. I want to get back to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to get back to mushrooms. My yes, yes, reality. yes. So, and here's uh, the I'm at a place right now iron. where, you know, I just got done with my movie, which was like such an intense... Uh, process, which was amazing and gratifying, and all of those things that you would want it to be. I'm but sorry, it, I missed but, it. By the but, way, but it's okay. You'll see. You'll see I it will soon. see. It. Uh, but it also was one of the most intense things in, on the planet. And my, I do you watch Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. You, you remember well, that episode? Excuse me. What am I? An asshole? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that episode uh, where uh, fucking Jesse is like? It's after the his spoiler alert. After uh, oh yeah, jump just, ahead fifteen seconds. Seriously, we get so many emails. People mad about spoilers. If you're going to spoil something, you have 15 seconds. Okay, it's after, it, fast forward and now. It's after Kristen Ritter dies and like he's totally lost his mind and he's just like having those crazy parties at his house, yes. you know. And there's that one scene where there's like an insane music playing and he's just sitting right next to the speaker. Yes, and he's just like trying to drown out thoughts effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that with my phone though. Like it's just like I, I just. 
I'm in this place right now where I can't. But that's exactly not it. be overloading myself. I just need something. But Jordan, I need that's something. exactly. I I would say that's exactly the problem. Absolutely, look, that is 100. percent I the problem. just bought an iPad just so I could keep it in my couch so I can watch TV and just hide Google it in, in between the. I like having. Yeah, you look through my cu- cushions. It's just high end technology. <laughs> um, no, but so I can do that double media thing where you're just surfing and right. watching and all. That. It's ridiculous. But what all that is doing is it's keeping us out of the present this sure. actually goes back to 100 what i'm saying but i think you have i think you have an incredible joke uh that really is like hilarious and awesome but is so true the google, joke about, about um yeah about google and about uh was it tom petty who you're yeah. talking about it Look, like, he's on my shirt yeah, that that shit's totally true like yeah. that wonder like just that idea like we grew up in a time where like someone said something on the playground and it was like you had no idea if that was true or right, not right, you know right. and you had to you had to talk about it and think about what that might yeah. be, pick up little bits of information here and there. And put it together and, and, it and together. be like, build a case against it. Like, exactly. Your mom isn't the tooth fairy. Right. <laughs> now you could Google, think about a child Googling, is the tooth fairy real? It'll go to Yahoo right. Answers. Right. And that, that's what crazy. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, the wonder is, you know, the, the internet, as far as I'm concerned, will be a more powerful tool than modern medicine when it's all said and done. Like, it is, we have built the collective unconscious. Like, we have. Physically manifested. Right. Well, that's what that Kurzweil is, says. He says, does God exist? He says, not yet. Like, we're in the process of making we, we it. We have created a centralized, like, collection of thoughts. Everyone's thoughts. Everything mm-hmm. that exists in the world, which is amazing. But anyway. That's only going to continue. We're going to, then we start uploading our brains and all that sort of stuff. I'm very into singularity stuff, but I, oh. I am skeptical as to whether it will be as quickly, uh, we I think we sadly will absolutely miss the singularity. But you I think, think so. Yeah, I think so for sure. But I think that we are like potentially one or two generations away from something like that, which is great. But then you know I hold out for the hope of a spiritual singularity that we that we die and that our some sort of idea. Do you of believe us in an continues. afterlife? If uh, <laughs> if you put a gun to my head and shoot me, I'd know. <laughs> I, I was going to say if you put a gun to my head, if you put a gun to my head, I, I would say um, I think that. Uh, there's a good chance that something keeps going after. because you, you something keeps going in the sense that like you as Pete Holmes. No, I don't know just, about that. So just energy is transferred. Ideally, my being, which is what we're talking about, the egoless, ide- unidentifiable essence of who I am, which won't know who I am or where I've been or anything. I think might continue, and that's kind of irrelevant to this person who's talking right now. Who cares? Right, but that, that but that's, basically that's is just death. like almost science at a certain point, right? Like uh, reincarnation. Like, yeah, do you believe it in, in like the big sense of reincarnation? Like, maybe not necessarily, but like if you're buried in the ground and your your right, there's no body decomposes. Yeah. yeah, it's being you will combined be a, into other. You'll things. be a bird, right? The exactly. blood in my veins was piss out of a T Rex. That's true. I mean, that's fact. <laughs> well, they they talk about if you put a drop of your blood in the ocean. Oh, what? I wish I. It was on stuff to blow your mind. Yeah, do you remember? Uh, if you put like a drop of blood in your ocean, it will sh- it will be there forever, and it will like show up in like they said like in the river, river Thames. Yeah, like if you put a drop of blood in the ocean. I'm gonna go slip my wrist in the ocean right I now. I pissed in Lake Victoria once. You put a drop <laughs> of your. I think it's something along the lines of it, like you could take a sample of ocean from another ocean, like a different time, like elsewhere a year later, and there'll be a tiny, 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 tiny part of that, of of your blood in that water. 
Okay. Insane. Right. The other day, okay, I don't know where, you know, I don't really care about keeping this conversation on the tracks, to be honest. No, let's, let's, let's just, just go be, with it. Let's just go with it. What I was going to tell you was um, one of the things, so I'm listening as you, people who have read it can tell, Dwight Slade, who just did it, who's a spiritual inspiration to me, um, was telling me about the power of now, and I was reading the power of now, and it's so heavy, and it's hard for me to read, and I'm kind of a dummy. I just never really learned to read at that formative mm-hmm. time in my brain. Sure, I know how to read. You know what I mean? Well, but like, well, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> <laughs> you look at my notes; yeah. it's all just symbols. <laughs> I've just drawn a dick and a question mark. Uh, I know punctuation. Um, but one of the things that he talks about is like when you really stop and think about the wonder of, of the of the now, the moment right now. Like this was blowing my mind when I, again when I was meditating. When I wasn't thinking about Keanu Reeves movies, I was thinking about how a single cell in my body has DNA information in it that could fill six hundred or a thousand six hundred page books or whatever. Right. That's insane. Right. And I started to think about how I am. I'm a universe. You know sure. what I mean? I was like, to the cells inside of me, they're just like, that's their, that's their reality. I'm, right. I'm the solar system to them. And that's only what we know. That's only what we've been able to extrapolate from a single cell. Who knows what cells are making up that cell? Now we're into fractals and we just shoot well, ourselves. Well, yeah, boom. Uh, but did you, like, this has been an idea around for a while, and this is like, this isn't that far off from, oh, it's the Matrix, or oh, we're all in a hologram. But, like, now there's, like, actually a lot of stuff being written because big like big scientists are coming up being like we're all in a computer program have you heard this i've heard this but please inform me i only heard of it i read the headline it's it's about the idea that if other life exists out there and this is just like something with computers in general and like artificial intelligence but like one of the first things that like a really highly evolved society would do or civilization is basically create a computer program that would create a simulation of the universe mm-hmm. and everything that came before it and everything that happened that led up until that point. And so they just look at the statistics of it and they're like, yeah, you know what, statistically, like, chances are we're actually in someone's computer program right now, like, which is a hilarious idea to be like, oh, yeah, it's the Matrix. But, like, when you actually hear them talk about it and they talk about the numbers and, like, just the odds of, like, whether this is the first time we're going through this or whether we're actually in the simulation right now that some advanced society is running on everything. So they're in reality and we're... In in theory, they're in reality and we are potentially in their computer simulation. Reaching at this point... Like some some alarm is going off in their computer program program because two schmucks like saying like saying like treadstone at, at a, yeah, exactly. into your phone like, we got flagged by yeah. CIA <laughs> bullet goes through the window <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well they don't uh, give a shit they didn't stop the Wachowski brothers <laughs> they made a movie about it but see that's the they thing they probably right? just think it's all cute right. but I think this is interesting because well you're blowing my mind all right because all right so there's this by idea. the way if this were stuff to blow your mind the show would be over that show is too short, too short. <laughs> there's <laughs> There's an idea in sociology called reality inversion, which is the basic sociological concept that the more you experience something in the media, the less real it becomes when it happens to you. Mm-hmm. Like so, desensitized to like violence. Just desensitized to violence. Or think about how many kisses you saw in movies or TV shows before you experienced your first kiss. And the uh, oh, you're the, right. the, the, the degree to which those don't align, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. like if you've ever like tried to race your car, or like whatever you see in movies, like this the noise a gun makes, you know, like these things that are real happen in our lives, and then 
they don't seem real because they're not what we've been told. Right. And I think that's a really interesting idea because there is this like really weird off chance that it's like, look at the amount of ways that aliens have invaded via the movies. You know, like mm-hmm. what if aliens actually do invade and, the, and it's like, oh yeah, this is how it was in Mars Attacks, you know, or well, like, that's my oh favorite right, thing. like, oh, this was like, you know, because it happened in the Matrix... I don't know. There's this weird possibility. Honey, it's like you're talking. You're, you're talk- just you're just already desensitizing someone for when it already happens. It's just seeping into our reality as yeah. a potential. You're not yeah. preaching to the choir. We're two pastors in the break room <laughs> because I talk about this all the time. The I'm not even going to call it conspiracy. It's one of my favorite theories. Is that movies, which you made one? <laughs> what is the message of your movie? Uh, that movies and televisions and stuff can be used to condition us to uh, react to things that could be happening. Right. Like aliens coming. And, you know, if you want to get really weird, uh, people say that they did that with 9-11 with mm-hmm. movies like Independence Day. Right. Where it's like, oh, attacks and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like uh, – and then all these quarantining – I'm sorry I've said this before on the show, so I'm boring myself a little bit. But quarantine and kill movies, which are movies where we seal off cities and let right. them die, like five of them came out. Mm-hmm. So now – if we sealed off Detroit or whatever, I don't mean to pick on Detroit. Well, it's okay. They I'm get from shit there. on right. Okay. I, I didn't even hey, mean Hey, okay. I did, but I didn't even mean it in like, <laughs> ah, fucking Detroit or Jersey. You know what I mean? Right. I just mean man. No, we, we've seen it happen we enough now. Seal it off and I'll be like, oh, like the Simpsons movie. <laughs> oh, like I Am Legend. It, right. Or I right. uh, or The Happening. Right. Written by a third degree, a 33 degree Mason. Okay. <laughs> Are you in the Masons? Okay. I'm not. I'm, I, I wish I was. Some, some of the Masonic weirdos have come up to me and they're like, I love when you mention us, but you're so off. We just we just build birdhouses. Uh, I was really into <laughs> the Mason shit for a while, and then like weird stuff started happening. Uh, what do you mean? I was really into the Masons uh, in high school, and um, and very much like conspiracy theory shit. Like I'm a big conspiracy theorist. I just partially because I believe the stuff, and partially just because I think it's it's a way more interesting reality to believe. In. Matt McCarthy just did the show, and we were like, as comedians, as creative people, I think we're just drawn to alternative explanations right. of things. At, at the very least, excellent storytelling. It's great storytelling. And I know it offends some people because we're talking about human lives and right. tragedies, and I get that. But it's it's so interesting. Sure. It's like inside baseball. You know? It's inside baseball. <laughs> I, but you're talking about being in a computer program, and I'm like, my brain comes on itself. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> No, it's fascinating. Oh. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, and also, to be fair, it's... It is as legitimate of an explanation as any other potentially legitimate explanation we have. Even with the Big Bang Theory, if you want to go the scientific route, that doesn't really explain things. It's explain, mm-hmm. It explains why we're here, but nothing else. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Uh, right. So, like, what was there before the bag and all that sort right, of stuff? That, It'll just melt your bullshit. dick off. Yeah, my dick is so melted. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, and then it comes on my brain twice this morning. This twice. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, I was really into the Masons in high school. Uh, I read and it then, down in case you were going to. And go then on a my um, apparently one of my great grandparents was in the Masons, and uh, uh, like a plaque of his, like a plaque of his, and a uh, and I was like posting shit like this on the internet, and then a plaque of his just like showed up unmarked at my door one day. Uh, and like, really? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that was like, two silent bullets. Like they no leave Katie to tell where the tale. It came from or why Delete it the appeared? Tape. It was just this weird thing. Wait, you, so you posted on like Facebook or something? I mean, my friends used to run a website when we were kids, like before uh, blogging was even a term. Like we like coded our own website, and uh, we would just like post about our weird 
adventures and shit like that. And I would just like talk about the Masons and shit like that. And it was just so this, it wasn't even like Googleable, right? Well, I mean, there was it was like dog pileable, so it was uh, <laughs> web crawlerable, yeah, it was Alta Vistable. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'll divist it. How did they think that was going to catch on? It sounds like a winery. I mean, <laughs> hey man, I'll divist me. I'll divist dog. Po- yeah, web crawler. Oh Alta la vista. Um, but Worst the Masons, the Masons, like, and I loved it. I love all the shit about how Disneyland is designed, uh, it, like with a bunch of Mason architecture. And it is. Oh yeah, they like if you look at it from an overhead, uh, like there's all these weird mason symbols and shit built into just like the pathways and then there's all these like secret um just like secret the trees rooms and shit and like stuff. that the trees isn't that where go pluto in. goes to change his head and stuff <laughs> <laughs> also washington dc is shaped like a pentagram i believe right right but there's a bunch of shit like that but i i don't know i i love that buddy shit. i'm right there with you the taco bell logo right. has three sixes in it which is so fun just google it look i'm not here to tell you that I'm into it's, it. it's not credible or whatever it doesn't matter if it's not credible who cares it's just certain things it's like wait was this planned or was this not planned because it because there's just certain things in life that are crazy I'll if they're not planned you, it's like this so here's the the bell and they're like that you have to look for them like that yeah but you know no google taco bell 666 into youtube <laughs> Why did you groan? You want, I, I'm showing you. So that's one, and then they, they do it again in another color, and, and then there's a, another one. And a uh, so it's like the cheesy gordita crunch will come. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? The moment you eat a gordita crunch, you stop caring about the Illuminati or the Masons. Stop caring about. Oh man, I I can like gauge my engagement in the world yes. by whether I'm eating actively eating Del Taco or Taco Bell. Like whether I think that that's an, whether that's an acceptable idea because I will go through periods of my life where it's like, why would I do that? Yes. Why would I do that to my body? I know it does not feel good. I know I do not like how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is bad. Mm-hmm. And then when I know that I'm like just firing, like running on empty or whatever, and I'm just like eating Del Taco every day, it's so funny. which I love, but sure. holy shit. Buddy, I know I don't like it. Last night, instead of, you know, eating a pint of ice cream or something, I went on one of these long walks, okay? And uh, instead of, you know, whatever, watching a movie I've seen before, I'm going to yoga, all right? I'm only telling you this to tell you this. I'm interested in what you're saying is that there's these seasons, and like I'm aware of them in myself, and, like, I, I, I always wish I could, like, mark them because there's just times when you're eating Del Taco and there's times when you're making a movie. And I'm talking about you. <laughs> that was for you. And there's times where I'm doing yoga and, and like, feeling fit and, like, drinking celery right. juice. No, there's ups and downs. And then there's times where I'm just – But to me – I to know, me, but it's more than ups and downs. It feels like but, I could track it. I'm like, me, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm planting, I'm harvesting. Sure. I, I don't know if it's, like, cyclical for me necessarily, but to me, I guess I actually really appreciate – both of them like i would never want to marry a woman who didn't think it was like hilarious to be like let's go to taco bell right now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah i want to go and like eat a nice meal but like to me like i i guess i'm just a person that like i love and this is like actually like a big thing for me but like i love the new yorker but you know what else i love michael bay and it really Mm -hmm. pisses me off when people who love the new yorker don't see that Someone like Michael Bay is just the other end of the spectrum. Yes. You know, it's like... There's nothing wrong with Kelly Clarkson. Well, 
Oh, uh, why did you hit me? I came up in the whack-a-mole to join you. You're up there in the Michael Bay slot, and I'm like, I like uh, what? Oh, I wish I could have thought of an oh, Kelly Clarkson song, but I don't listen to her that much. But like, uh, if it comes on yes, the radio, you, you there's sometimes right. when is, you're like, this is okay. I like Enrique Iglesias. There, there is. <laughs> I haven't listened to him in years. There, but. I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot to appreciate about just about everything. I like there that is, my example made stuff, you go back on, on your theory. There, there like, is stuff no. that I will shit on. Like, sure. do I think that there is something redeeming about Twilight? No. Never, in yeah, fact, I, I think it's like fascinatingly bad. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I think is redeeming about it. When you actually like dig into what those are, why they're popular, what they're actually about, and how poorly made they are. Like, yeah. That's fucking fascinating that that is like the biggest franchise we have right now. Is it? Oh, yeah. I should watch it just for cultural literacy. You should watch it, and you will be, you will honestly be like, because right now you're like, yeah. But he stops he, the car. Right now you'll be like, yeah, it can't be good. But you will actually watch, and you'll be like, whoa. Really? This is really bad. Mm. Like, really bad. It, 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 like, it seems like someone's playing a joke on you. Really? Yeah. Mm. All right. Anyhow. So we were talking about Del Taco. You're talking about wanting... You know what's interesting, man, is I'm right there with you. I worry about finding a girl that will be full of shit in the same ways that I am. Meaning, uh, at night, often, I'll clear out my sink and it's filled with... uh, the juicing iPads. of the day and, and there's an iPad <laughs> Nano in there that I just run water over it doesn't matter um, that was very funny that was, this is a free podcast um, <laughs> so you're doing great I mean that, that joke was worth $54 I just did it on the app we should have an app that tells you what jokes how, are how much your joke is worth <laughs> it's just random but it's, it's fun super random um, so I clean out like kale, like the things that were wrapped around bushels of kale that right. I ate in that day. And I see myself rinsing pride. out. What's that? Pride. Is it pride brand kale? No. <laughs> that joke is worth no money. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just because I didn't get it. Someone else got it. Lots of people. Will hear uh, this. Most people who are making their own kale, I think, are very prideful people. Oh, I understand. No, self-loving. It's, it's, Self- a, it's, self-loving. A, it's a type of self-worship, I think. I'm like, I deserve this. <laughs> Uh, but then I, at the end of the night, like, I'll find myself, uh, d- you know, drinking or whatever. Like, that's, so somebody... Alcohol or... Alcohol booze. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll drink uh, vodka or whatever. And Is that your drink? Yeah, pretty much. What kind of vodka? Smirnoff. Smirnoff. You know what I do? Cut up some ginger and put it in there. That's nice. It infuses. It's very nice. I also drink... Is red. that what you'll, like, if you have a lady over, will you, like, make that? Is that, like... If a lady comes prepare? over, I will go, I have red wine, which, you know, that's a good, that's a good guest drink. Good guest. And then I go, or I have vodka and nothing to mix it with. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. I have a couple cans of Diet Coke, even though I, I, I stopped drinking the, the Washington DCs. But I do have that, just in case there's a broad over. Okay. Um, that being said is... And if they have wine, though, will you just drink vodka or will you partake in the wine? Well, it's, there's something nice about drinking the same bottle of wine. Right. You know what I mean? There's something – I think that's – Oh, I'll have wine with another group, but I'll have a different bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to – I'm not – I don't mean to force spirituality in everything, but it's interesting to be drinking the same vintage and experiencing well, it at the same time. This is – I think that's one of the reasons why wine is a fuck drink. This is – yes, absolutely. But You're like, uh, oh, imagine the This is a total this. tangent and completely dumb, but like I was in Japan for the first time recently. Japan! Which was amazing. Street and Fighter just, reference. <laughs> there's a Street Fighter reference in my movie, so – is that true? Uh, I was in Japan. Japan. <laughs> Fight. Um, the, it it was incredible. Like, really just a, woke up like the 14-year-old to me. Be like, oh, right, the future. This is the, the best. Yeah, I love yeah, every yeah, woman yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't really know much about, like, 
geisha culture. Like mm-hmm. I thought that yeah, it was just like, all right, this is a thing. They made a movie about it, whatever. <laughs> but when you actually are there and you experience it, where? It, uh, it, what? Japan. <laughs> I mean, at least I'm not saying like Nippon or no, like no. I wasn't making fun of your pronunciation. I wanted uh, you to play, and you did. Japan. So when you're um, in Japan, the the fucking you go and like you you hang out with or you don't hang out, but like a geisha is like a weird thing that's like almost outlawed there. It's like this very bizarre. I didn't custom. know that. Yeah, because it's like it's not sex, but it's this weird thing, and part of it. Part of it is like, you know, they're trained to entertain in this very weird way. And part of their custom is that they drink whatever you're drinking. So if you're drinking whiskey, they drink whiskey from the same cup. Interesting. If, if you're drinking vodka, like it doesn't matter what it is, they will drink from the same it's cup. definitely so leaving like, like some makeup on that glass. <laughs> well, they, they clean it up afterwards. After, after every, every, every drink, they, they clean it. But there is this like very weird... Did you hang out with a geisha? We had like one brief experience, like because it's a uh, it's like a hard thing to do, like, and they're honestly, easy to spot. Well, they're they are easy to spot, but they <laughs> honestly like it's been like uh, it's been like put in this little box where like you kind of have to be either like a politician or they're only like legal in certain areas, and like to get like a proper one that's not uh, the geisha has been like. Uh, Diluted into this idea of like a hostess club, which is like literally in Japan where you go and you you pay to have these girls pay attention to you. Basically, they like they sit and they drink with you, and it's just like it's basically like going to a strip club without the stripping and to have like girls clap for you during karaoke. That's like it's very all I want. It's very it's very weird, but you know, and and like we went into it making fun of it, but it's actually like it's really enjoyable in this weird way. Because buddy, you, when you I go to strip clubs, like, I go, I'll give you the money for the dance. Just it, it yeah. sounds sad. I, no. I promise it's not. It's not in the spirit of sadness. No, that's that's the. It's best like part just of keep hanging out and thing. keep drinking. Just hang out fun. and drink and. In theory, you like actually break through and you talk to someone who like actually has opinions, and then that's really fascinating. And that's happened. You get the you get the real name. It's a little creepy. I'm creeping myself oh, the, out. The, the but first I like the it. first thing I do at a strip club is I ask what the real name is. I, I won't. We're similar fellows I won't, in I that won't, way. I won't have a conversation with uh, with a stripper. Not like calling. I'm graphing calculator. <laughs> Ti eighty six. Uh, Ti sixty nine. Uh, hey Anyway, fourteen dollars. Anyway, the geisha thing. Back to what you're saying. It's just it was it was fascinating to me because this idea that they drink out of the same thing yes. is it was like very connected and very weird and Daddy, very... we're so close to communion we're so close to connecting <laughs> when i saw you and i said when i said to you i said you're, you're someone that i'm always happy to see and then we hugged and i was like there we are you know what i mean <laughs> that that's how close that's i feel like we're so close little things right like that totally like i i'm not uh married but if i was in a relationship and it was just like I feel like somebody could do this listening to the show. You're married. It's like just doing that. The intimacy of your husband is cooking or whatever, right. and you drink from his wine glass. Well, there's so, I love. It's just a little thing. Right. It's a little thing. We have other glasses. Right. You it's could sure. not do that. Right. It's but great. you did. <laughs> and then there, and then there's something about. I, I think there really is something communal about Christ being like. Dr- we're all drinking this wine. And we're all drinking. We're eating the same bread. There's something happening there, and that's right. repeated in cinema over and over. I forget what shitty movie it was, but I'll, I'll never. It was something like 
The Tommy Boy. <laughs> it was Tommy Boy. <laughs> when Christ put on the robe that was too small for him, <laughs> and it tore. Actually, and, and the, he was a maniac. <laughs> actually, that's how the uh, curtain in the temple tore, is Christ was fat and he put it on. That Bible People don't reference, know that. Do you that know got, that reference? That got taken out. <laughs> it was crazy. When Christ died, the, the curtain in the temple tore. Anyway... <laughs> Um, people eat like an apple. Like I take a bite from an apple, and then I give you the same apple. And right. I'm like, you know, even if I die, that part—it's like the blood in the Honestly, ocean yeah, thing. One, one of the, one of my favorite experiences was uh, God. I really just sound like such a chotch. That's uh, why sex is—it's like, like my dick is in you. Yeah, you. you I'm inside of someone right now. That's right, great, and great. we're one also, thing. And that's why condoms are just the worst because condoms are this thing that just prevent you from actually being in that person. You, look, I don't want to do a PSA against condoms because they're wonderful. But things. we should. They're great and they're safe. But come on, it is. It takes away. I would rather jerk off. <laughs> I would rather. Jerk. <laughs> I would rather jerk off than have sex with a condom. Uh, when Same. I have sex with a condom, I often will take it off, and and it, it's got to finish some other way. Right. And it's not because it's not even because I can. It's because I'd rather I'd rather. Sorry, I'm, I'm apologizing for being gross. We've said much grosser <laughs> things on the show. I'd rather your hand. I'd rather get a hand job, or I'd rather give myself a hand job, or whatever. Because coming into but, but, coming into but the more plastic, or less it, it is. It I is, feel like I'm it is filling fun, Twinkies. It is fundamental. <laughs> it is fundamentally coming in the way of what makes. It's like it's. You're not doing what you say you're doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. You're not actually doing it. Friend, I, I was uh, seeing somebody and we were having sex with condoms and then we stopped having sex with condoms and, and it doesn't matter how many times I've done that. Right. I've done that many times. Gone from condoms to the conversation to no condoms. And every time you're like, that's the first time we've had sex. Right, totally. For sure. It's a totally different experience. What the fuck was that all about? So what is sex like? What is it like? Yeah. Well, how- <laughs> Have you not had sex? No. <laughs> oh, imagine if I had tried. It's like it's like in uh, City of Angels with Nick Cage. It's uh, like a warm, it's like warm <laughs> hug. It's a warm dick hug. It's a warm blanket, um, just wrapped in it. Yeah, it's it's a blanket that a stewardess brings you <laughs> to cover the fact that she's gonna fuck you in first class. <laughs> That's what sex is like. That's exactly sex what is like. like a blanket. But then that connection that's made from then okay. I wonder if girls – I was actually just thinking this. I was like, I wonder if girls ever conspire. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Well, girls definitely conspire. You That's even, for sure. You don't even need to go. Fel- huh? Fellows do as well. And I don't mean to just be in defense of the ladies. But it, I wonder if they conspire in the following way in that I want to get Jordan I'm – your, I'm your girlfriend right now. Too. I want to have sex without a condom because I know that builds love. Oh, it, totally. No. One of my, one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, her and I exclusively – had unprotected sex, and then she started dating this guy who would not, like, would not, even though they had both been tested, he would not have sex without a condom, Mm -hmm. and it was really, it was interesting hearing her talk about it, because she just actually... you were friends after you broke up? Yeah, her her and I are still very close. Uh, It was interesting hearing her talk about it, because she just, like... Likewise, just legitimately wanted that like connection, right? Like, just just once, let's just see what it feels like yeah. because it is different. You know, it's a different thing. I, yeah, yeah, it's and, not different. It's a different thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, and uh, and he wouldn't do it. And that, I thought that was makes just, me sad. It is sad. I, I have uh, married friends that I know that use condoms, and I'm kind of like, isn't the whole thing right? That's the whole point. That you're in a place where, first of all, pregnancy probably wouldn't be a, a, as big a deal. You know what I mean? You probably have it. 
and that sort of thing. And two, uh, you're married. You're, like that's a spiritual thing. That that union should be there. It makes me. It makes me just want to get in and, and retool the brain. Something something's going on. Something something bigger is going on. That's what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. It is. It is not. It's indicative of something. I think. I. Right. You know. And now I'm thinking about. My friends, there's more couples, more than two couples I can think of that do that, and they're not bad people, and they love each other. But I'm just like, come on. There's something. Yeah, there's something. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, my, my counter argument to that is, come on. <laughs> but I mean, it's geisha whiskey sipping, and it's dick gripped, <laughs> and it's dick gripped, and it's it's me hugging you, and it's um, you know what it is. I think sex forces us to in that moment. It's that it is meditative. It can be that beautiful thing where you're like, I'm not thinking about anything else, which is why it's so sad when it goes sour and you are thinking about something else. Well, right. There's like that inevitable <laughs> moment where it actually ceases to be interesting and then you're just going through the motions. Yeah. And you can go through the motions for a long time before you realize you're going through the motions. Yeah. Which is very sad. Um, can you just take a week apart? Richard Pryor has that bit where he goes, uh, talks about his wife and they don't fuck the same anymore he's like woman take a six month break from me we will fuck like rabbits uh and it's true i don't know why more people don't do that sort of thing well i mean i think that uh there's a great um you know dan savage i know that name writer um he's he's very openly gay um great writer he's got this uh there's actually just a little video he put up on youtube where he's talking about monogamy and uh, how monogamy is a relatively recent idea in human history. You know, like, up until 100 years ago, marriages were not about love. They were about, you know, trading of goods and, and building of families and power mm-hmm. dynamics and things like that. And love was not a part of that. And, you know, mistresses were like a very real and accepted part of life and society. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, wives knew that those people were that their husbands were off cheating. It's just don't bring that shit home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just this interesting idea that like the human body and the human brain is not built for monogamy and how people, you know, the divorce rates are so fucking high these days because you get into these things and your body naturally is like, yeah, I it, like instead of acting, people get into marriage and act as though it's not acceptable to be attracted to somebody else. Right. When it is, in fact, that's human nature. And so I think part of it, and you know, he talks a lot about how part of it is redefining this idea of what it is to be in a committed relationship, that it's not bad if you have those thoughts. It's not bad if you are sexually attracted to someone or want to fuck someone. Mm-hmm. Or if you make it through, you're, and this is like so anti-romantic, and this is the exact opposite of who I used to be, but now I'm this person. Uh, if you make it through your whole life and you're married to someone and you cheat on them once or twice... In the grand scheme of things, that's pretty fucking impressive for what the human body is and what it's built for, especially like what the male body is. And, uh, and you know, it's just about this idea of like redefining what monogamy actually means now. Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, I know we're, we think we're like civilized people, but we're fucking beasts. We're crazy, weird things that have figured out how to put microphones together and send podcasts into the world. You mm-hmm. know, but in reality, we're just fucking animals who don't know anything about anything. And you see something that attracts you or a pheromone or whatever, and you you know you go crazy. So what is the answer? I think the answer is redefining monogamy in a way where uh, you and your partner 
like accept and understand the idea that like it is okay and normal for you to be attracted to other people. It is okay and normal. People get in a marriage and they're like, well, my marriage must not be working because I'm attracted to this other person. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's not what love is. That's not what true love is. And it's like, well, that's actually not like that's that's not what true love is in like a, a movie. But maybe true love in real life is like being like saying to someone like, I love you. I'm committed to you. I want to be with you. Really and it's totally and it's totally normal. It's totally normal that we both want to fuck other people. Whether or not you act on it is a right. different thing. But acknowledging the idea that you want to fuck other people is like a big step. Well, in sure. in my you know, it's funny because when I was married, I never right. would have ever ever admitted, sure, ever 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 admitted that I was attracted to other people mm-hmm. and then like what was more offensive of it was uh, a, a specific type of woman that my wife just wasn't at all right not at all uh but then you know i i think i'd like to think now the people that i know that are married uh, something that i noticed in them is that they do have a healthy understanding of like they'll talk openly about like oh god i really right. wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating nougat right. you know what i mean <laughs> and that's and i i love seeing that because jealousy is one of the ugliest things but here you know i was just watching wanderlust (laughs) today (laughs) and i love the idea of communes and people that listen to the show know this about me i i love the idea of um you know free love and and just people being in a community sort of thing i i feel like we're we're full of shit either way sure either you're going to um delude yourself and be like marriage and monogamy and you're going to deny certain impulses In the hope, and I have this beautiful image of monogamy that I believe in, is this idea that you then merge and, and have a family and the, and the love of that is greater than getting your dick wet with Cindy. Or you f- you're full of shit and you say, like, we can fuck other yeah. people and we'll, we'll just – To me, When honestly, I fuck Cindy, I, I love you more and all that sort of stuff. I think I, – full of shit either way actually is, like, I think a really great term because to me that's Michael Bay and the New Yorker. They're full of shit. Either way, yeah. they're both full of shit. It's just about. But sometimes I think, you want I think, to blow up some buildings. I think, I think, the, I think the real difference <laughs> in that spectrum, or and whether it's that spectrum or whether it's that spectrum of marriage, is really about. I think so much of my friends and the people that I like to surround myself with and the people that I truly get along with, I think are like defined by the single unified trait of being able to have perspective. Mm. And being able to take a step back and like see the landscape, and then you have those friends that you exclusively keep a little, keep around because they lack perspective and hmm. they lack it in such an aggressive way that it's like, oh yeah, so and so, they're crazy, but that's why you keep them around because mm-hmm. they don't see the landscape in the same way, right? But I mean, I think full of it's shit, refreshing. I, I, think, I think full of shit either way is like odd, oddly profound. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I, I think it's true, but like, I wonder. You know, sometimes I think about my kids listening to this show at one point, and, or, or my wife listening to the show at one point, and I'm just kind of like, what can you do? Here's mm-hmm. what I'm saying to you today. I catch myself thinking about this, and I'm like, it would be kind of great to love somebody deeply and committedly, and have that somebody go, I, I don't want to be trite here. This is how I feel on this day at 4.49 right. p.m. Pacific. Is the idea that if this woman that I love so deeply and want to have a family with and I'm so committed, if she was like, if you want to fuck Cindy, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Honestly, can I tell you something? Because I don't give a shit. And Cindy, I know I looked at your porn history and Cindy looks a lot like that girl you like on porn. Uh, Go fuck her and come home and tell me about it. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this uh, because I think that it is 
relatable to what you just said. Please. Uh, and this is like not exactly what I want to like have out in the world forever. I, but, I just said that and but, I was like, oh. No, but but like, it's I, how you feel but, right. but I also don't give a shit at the end of the day. Like I did this and this is a thing. One of the most interesting relationships I've ever had in my life was with a porn star. And particularly because I, it was the just the idea of like actually confronting those fears on a straight up like addressed level of like when you're with any in your when you're in any relationship uh what if what if she's fucking someone else Buddy, what if she cares about you somebody hear the, else you hear the dangle of right, the chains exactly. on the ground and you're, you're trying yeah. to lock her it's, up what what if and so the so this process of being with the girl that i just knew explicitly you could knew see the proof that i could see the proof yeah was fascinating it yes. really was like just an exercise in letting go and being and it was like in in an unhealthy way it was one of the most healthy relationships I i've ever had and those things those uh atypical relationships and i haven't had that but i've had things where i'm kind of like it's a little outside the box right. and like i'm aware that the person is sleeping with other people and i'm sleeping with other people or whatever that's very very new pete right that's very uncomfortable new pete it's very uncomfortable for me to admit but I'll be. I'm. I'm here with you. Okay. Right. <laughs> if they've listened this far, they can handle this. Yeah. And I'm interested. Sifted through a lot of shit. I'm like, yeah. That look. I'm not here to say that that's not weird. What you just told me and what I'm sharing with you also. Um, but I am here to say that those weird fucking left of center bizarre. I never thought I'd be that's in something what I live like this for, thing. Though. And it starts tearing shit down the way that mushrooms and drugs breakdown constructs a relationship like one with a porn star cha- gets right inside it's like no, it, it's all, in a all good my friends way are like how do you do it you're crazy and it's like i i guess i just don't think it's that weird anymore and it you know? shatters it shatters your and perception then, and, and look if you want to take that shattered perception and rebuild it into i want to be with someone who's not fucking other people you can exactly but this time but, around it'll be your choice exactly but that time it's my choice and i've at least experienced what the other thing is so i at least know um, i just like to know why I do or do not like things, you know, as opposed to having like a knee jerk reaction or being like, oh, I've never tried that. I wouldn't care about that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know, like, I, my favorite people in life are people who like pick up rocks, you know, and be like, what's underneath this? <laughs> what's there? What is this? You know, and just fucking scientists who like, you know, it's like you're a comedian, but you're also a fucking scientist. Like you're mm-hmm. figuring shit out and you're, you're commenting on the world and you're addressing your surroundings mm-hmm. and you're trying to make sense of it through comedy in a way that the reason I like this world and I like what I do and the reason I deal with comedy is because I think that there's great truth to be found in it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's how people put their world together. And it just, you know, so many people just would be so afraid to step into a situation that they know makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think is like ultimately what skydiving or bungee jumping or any of that shit like really mm-hmm. boils down to mm-hmm. in like a microcosm. And then there's all this life bungee jumping. Right, and then there's life bungee jumping. You're on the ground <laughs> where you're dating a porn star and that that's getting rid of some really hard to get rid of constructs right. in your identity. Well, and like people would ask me about it and like I would just be like, I guess I just don't think what she does is any different than what we do. And because we ultimately just sell ourselves and we we put ourselves out there in this nasty business that like treats us poorly and we deal with it. And it and it's like, well, no one normal gets into that business. And it's like, well, no one normal gets into our business, you yeah. know. And it's like all that they're doing is like that's just the last line of defense. That is like actually putting your money on the table in terms of like, you know, we're selling ourselves. 
they're selling themselves. Literally. You know, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Almost you know, well. Very it, close. Right. And uh, very close. But you're right. There, there's something pornographic about, I'll admit, to this show. Sure. I'm giving so much of myself. You can't see photos of my asshole. <laughs> well, we can change that. <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> Two seconds. <laughs> you're on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. He don't butthole. No filter. That... <laughs> oh, I'd filter that shit. <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of blur I'd put on that. Uh, I just, I would just uh, have the butthole be in focus, and then everything else. Would oh, be I like that. I really blur. like that. Yeah. It looks like a, like a sink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It looks like a sink. My on brain a would have said like an alien face hugger. Okay. Okay. Hey, okay. different, different people. And then, you know, in the way that Louis goes up and talks about the bit that I always quote of Louis <laughs> that I just couldn't believe he was doing. This was double penetration for me, mm-hmm. for Louis. Was uh, ass, mm-hmm. two dicks in his ass. Was him talking about uh, belittling his wife's paintings. Right. And he was like, go do your stupid fucking paintings. It's completely true. And right. so is two dicks in your ass. That's happening. <laughs> and, and it gets people off. Like, everybody's laughing, and everybody's jerking off. And at the end of the day, he got paid, probably not just why he did it. We're porn stars, in a way, that are really um, exhibitionists. We really want people to see us get fucked. Totally. We're people that would do it for free. But we, we hide behind this, guys. We, we think we are the New Yorker as opposed to the Michael Bay. Right. You know, we view them as this, like, oh, my God, but that's sex. Like, well, how could you do that? What are their parents thinking? It's like... I guess I just really don't think it's that different than like what our parents think. You know, it's just right. like it's just breaking down. Like if you can break down that last sex is like something that people, you know, it's like a married couple will fuck without a condom. Like mm-hmm. people have issues with sex and sex is like I think one of the last taboos that like if you really like you really need to break that down and just be like it's yes, it's an important and emotional thing, but it also is just a commodity like everything else. Well, that's what's it disturbing. Is a, it is a utilitarian function. And it is, it is, yes, it is lovemaking, but it is also just a dick in a vagina. It's so funny that you said that. I was just going to say, it's lovemaking, and then there's fucking. Right. And unfortunately, there's conversations, and then there's, like, single-panel cartoons that are just, you know, in Penthouse or whatever. I, mean, I was trying to make right. a comedy example. It's not all... I'd like to think that this show gets close to lovemaking, to be honest. <laughs> no, I'd, this is... This you know is what I mean? But then there's some comedy that I do that's that's just that's just fucking. There's right. a, there's a lot of it that I do that's just fucking. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think I think it's offensive that on one hand sex is the is the super glue that can keep a relationship together. As as Dwight Slade said, it's the foundation of the relationship. That when the sex is there, mm-hmm. you always at least have the foundation. The house might fall down, but you'll have the foundation. And then it's also something that you do in a hotel room with a crew around. Right. And then you upload it to No Swallowing Allowed for. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I get. I think I I wouldn't here here here. <laughs> I think I maybe said this. I don't care because if I'm if I'm saying it again, that means I've heard it before and I want to hear it again. So I'm going to hear it again. Let's hear it again. I was in a Trader Joe's and uh, I was or some store like that that sells liquor, and uh, I was getting booze for this um, for a, uh, for a live shoot. Of I hate my teenage daughter, which on tape night I would drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all would a little bit, and uh, I was in line behind what had to be a porn star, mm-hmm. and I told my ther and like she was kind of talking to me, 
and I was talking to her, and she was just—it was just a joke the way she was dressed, and and it's not typically the kind of girl that I would like. She looked mm-hmm. like a porn star, right? You know, probably fake tits, and she had these this huge back tattoo. Hi, Gil. He's ten. Um, Get him in here. Let's talk about this. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to ask Gil if he's ever kissed a girl, but um, so I, I wanted to hit on her, but I didn't. And, I, you know, I'm here to say I'm kind of glad I didn't. I don't really want to get involved in that mess. But then I said, my therapist said to me, he said, why didn't you if you wanted to? Because I was, I was feeling it. I was full of mm-hmm. pep. I'm, you know, having a good day and feeling flirty, probably backed up. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, he was like, why not just go get a drink with a porn star? Who cares? Just, just see what it's like to pick up that stone. What's under mm-hmm. that stone? Just go see. And I said, what if my mother saw us? That's what I said. And I'm embarrassed that that was my response. But that's true. What no, if my it, mother saw us? It, it, it led, like, <laughs> you know, in the relationship. That, I guess that's what I liked about it, was that there were, there were times when, like, my brain would just race with a thought that I'd never had before. Like, how, how do you, if I were to ever have kids with this person, how do you raise kids with this person and not screw them up? It, instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Give them a list of how words do you, they can't how do you? Yes. How do you... Uh, introduce this person to your mother. Like these are just those were like thoughts. It was like that was never a real. How thought long did you in date? My, did it for like nine months, something like that. Was, did she meet your parents? No, she never met my parents. Your dad probably knows her. I would fucking hope not. <laughs> uh, we high five. <laughs> that was a high five. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mean, look. Ultimately, like in this business, especially, isn't every. Com- like I don't know if it's sad or weird or exciting, but so frequently when you come back from something, when you talk to like a celebrity or someone that you look up to, the biggest win in that situation, I guess it's sad that this is the biggest win, but frequently it's like, oh yeah, he's just a normal guy. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a weird that's like a weird backhanded compliment to give mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I'm sure you've met enough either people that you've looked up to at this point or celebrities or whatever, mm-hmm. that you've had, like, the wall broken down enough to remember that, like, everyone is just a person. It's just some guy. It's just some guy at the end of the day. And, like, a porn star is just some girl. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, Will Smith is just Will Smith. Maybe. Right. You know? Right. You don't know. Like, it's it's a... I, I guess part of it is how you deal with that success and that fame and what you let define you. Yes. But... Frequently, like, it is just this weird exercise and constantly being reminded that, like, oh, yeah, like, so-and-so is just a normal girl. Right. Here's the... Fucking uh, Kelly Clarkson. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I always go to the the deserted island thing. I was just thinking about it. Like, if you were on a deserted island with... uh, We've talked about Ryan Gosling before, but it's not a sex thing this time. The point is that you're on a deserted island. We were talking about how long before you fuck Gosling. (laughs) <laughs> I'm putting it at like two weeks. That's generous. Uh, you're on the uh, deserted island. Life or on the deserted island. You're on the deserted island. You're going to die there. Well, I mean, how long until you fuck Gosling if you're just dating in real life? <laughs> how many? I'm, I'm going to make him wait. Make him wait because I bet he gets it on the first so often. Very quickly. Then I'm just going to be like, like a month. Not for me. Like two. Am months. I a lady in this scenario? No, yeah. yeah, you're you. I'm me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
The point is, is if you were on a desert island taking sex out of the equation with Will Smith, uh, after a while, it would just be the other guy on the island. Right. You know what I mean? He'd lose his skin products or whatever he's doing to look right. so Will Smithy. His hair would get stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you'd just be two fucking guys. Right. Then you'd really be stripped down. What were you going to – you made me think of something. What were we talking about? Was it about people? Porn? Oh, porn stars. Here's the rub is um, – Here's a robot porn. You're, yeah. (laughs) It was a weird laugh. You just made me laugh. A very weird laugh. The rub about your porn star girlfriend, and I wonder, I made this mistake when I met a porn star. In my what makes you sad sort of thing, I asked her if she would do it if if she won the lottery, if she had $100 billion, would Mm -hmm. she keep fucking on camera? And she looked at me like I had AIDS in my dick. You know what I mean? Like, she, the answer was no. She, right. didn't, she didn't have to say no. Right. And that made me a little sad. The diff- so that's the difference between the comedian and the porn star, one of them, is that Louis would do it for free. Right. And I would do it for free. And a porn star, there's very few porn stars that are just I, like... I think some of them are actually into it and they like it. But yeah, the, the girl I was saying, like, no, she did not like the world she did not like the people that she was dealing with um she definitely had her own issues sexually which uh, everyone does Mm -hmm. you know not just porn stars but um the thing that was interesting was that like regardless of whether it was sex what was interesting and what was fascinating about her was that in the same way you or anyone else has created a brand she had created her own brand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that she actually liked. She loved that part. Of the it. attention. No, not not the attention, but just like it was... Having a body it, of work. It, it was a form of creative output. Yes. Not to say like, oh, I take pride in that video where I'm doing this and that video. Like, Not like the actual specifics of it, but just the fact that she and most porn stars in general, it's like this is your brand, this is your image, this is your whatever. Yeah. And... There was this like weird ownership and this weird like sense of creativity to mm-hmm. it that was fascinating to watch. But yeah, similarly, like if she had a million dollars, she wouldn't do that shit. Yeah, that's interesting. What would she do? That's the other. Like that's what was she like? <laughs> I don't even know. She's going back to school right now. But uh, but um, back to school for uh, some like. A cheap porn joke. <laughs> I'm trying not to make Practice. all the cheap porn jokes I can think of. Uh, what else makes you sad, though? What in the oh, yeah, middle? Of the, what in the middle of the day? If you're just sitting around, yep. Do you find yourself being like, "Oh, that"? I'm in. I'm in a really good place, and mm-hmm. that's uh, interesting. We've been doing the show long enough now that people have listened to the show, and I'm not in a good place, and that would be easier to answer that at that time but i think what makes you sad when you're not when when you are in a good place is like a more interesting thing for sure that's good uh i'm just keeping it more at michael bay right now (laughs) (laughs) but uh most recently i said to chelsea and i was drinking um we were having dinner in sundance actually and i was drinking and i wasn't like drunk but I, i had had at least two glasses of wine and i i just and I made fun of I made fun of this on my podcast or her podcast. I can't remember, but I, it made me really, really sad. I was looking around at everybody, kind of giggling, and um, all the all the things that happen. Someone shows up late to your dinner, and everyone goes, "Hey!" Mm-hmm. And they sit down, and you order, and there's a waiter, and then there's food that's served, and we chew it and we eat it, 
And I looked at her, and she didn't get it at all. It's like, like the worst person to say this to. But I said, I said, it's so sad. We're all stuck in these bodies. That's what I said to her, and I meant it. That's so. That's some deep rooted shit. I thought it. I thought it was too. And Chelsea, which is why talk about your friends that. I'm not saying Chelsea lacks perspective, but Chelsea doesn't have the same perspective right. as me. So she's a good friend that can be like, shut up. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes I like that. Yeah. At that point, she didn't really say shut yeah, up. I'll she get just, drunk and just be like, we're all vessels. <laughs> That's exactly it. We're all and, – but it's, it felt so sad because what I was thinking – I was thinking about how everyone's dying. And then I was thinking about how we're all trying to figure it out. And we're also all figuring out what to order and who our friends are and appetizers right. and how much to tip and how you're going to drive home and if you're going to look at the stars or not right. and what pants you'll wear tomorrow. Right. Are you going to tie your shoes tight or loose? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I, I was like, we're trapped. And I felt like this other thing right. that didn't want to be in the body at that time. I think some of the scariest moments for me in life stemming from that, like, you know, you talk about that perspective is like, when I get really caught up in something or if I'm really fucked up, and this was partially one of the first things, like, you know, when I really had like a, when I first had a, a drug experience that like shattered me, hmm. the specific moment was when I thought to myself and I believed in my brain, man, it would be crazy if I was a human being, hmm. you know, like I had somehow distanced myself hmm. from that idea and sometimes I'll get busy enough or I'll get like so wrapped up in something that like I'll literally just remind myself. I'll have to be like, oh, I'm in Los Angeles right now. Oh, I'm a human. Oh, this is life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you forget that shit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. For you, so for you to be in that situation, I can just totally envision you just like looking around you just like mm-hmm. clockwork orange style as everything else mm-hmm. just fades away. But. That's exactly right. And I knew you would get it. And that's exactly. Well, what makes you sad? That's a fun question. Uh... <sighs> They both stem from like the same basic idea, like one of the, the core, one of the core fundamental. I mean, there's like three things. One is like the like very just deep rooted issue of like at some point you have to stop calling your mommy your mommy and your daddy your daddy, and mm-hmm. then they die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just something that like is part of the deal of life. Mm-hmm. And that's not even to say I have like a great relationship with my mom or dad. I just think that's like why did I didn't agree to this? I didn't agree to this at all. Like this is a shitty right. deal. But the other things are just, um. But that's that, that right there, I didn't agree to this. Right. That's profound. I that's did, exactly how I felt two wines in waiting for a meal that I didn't even I really I didn't want. sign up for this. I didn't, I didn't want this. What is this? Right. And now I just have to now I just have to make the most of it. Okay. Right. Sometimes uh, can I interject cuz I feel like you're going to yeah. remember cuz you're doing a list. Sometimes I think we're this is just one of my far out ideas is that we are these eternal beings, right? Just go with it. I'm into it. Hey, we're, we're I'm, eternal I'm, beings. I'm into it. And we live in this eternal place. It's just the Emerald City, and that's where we live. We live in Oz, okay. and when we dream, we visit it. <laughs> Whatever. So we live in this fantastical place where we, where we never die. There's no pain, and there's no loss, and all we are is connected. Our dick is just coming on our brains all day, and that's all we do. Now, what is our Netflix? What is our Netflix instant? It's you can, like Total Recall, elect for a procedure – where I'll take you and I'll put you in a human body and put you on a thing called Earth. And you can do that for 30, <laughs> why 30 years? You can do that for 30 years max. 80 years, which is nothing to you. You're an eternal being. This is like watching There Will Be Blood. This is a long movie. And then you come back and you go, Jesus Christ, I fucked on a beach 
or really, I, I was in uh, Haiti and there was civil war, uh, whatever do you, it is. If in this construct, do like when you're in like when your eternal being is in you right now, mm-hmm. does he remember that at all? Or do you just get launched into this thing, and well, that's then part 80 of that. years later, you wake up, and you're like, oh, right, I'm an eternal being. Yeah, I think you wake up, and then you re- you remember this. But that, you... that's what I think is interesting. And again, this is like a conspiracy theory, right. and this is like all those new agey things. We're just playing right now. We're just in the sure. sandbox. And I'm just saying the idea – I think one of the things that I can do, potentially, is realize that that's the scenario, if that is the scenario. Sure. And then, uh, and then wake up to that sort of reality. We love stories – of people waking up to their potential, right. to Jason Bornett, to realize I know kung fu, to Jason Bornett and realize that I'm, 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 a, I'm another thing, and right. I, I'm here to recreate, and this is just a ride, and it's just, and it's just a cosmic joke, and it's funny, and we're going to talk about it later. Wasn't it weird having an ego? Yeah, wasn't it weird <laughs> stressing out about your credit card? Like, yeah. wasn't it weird letting your flat tire literally ruin your month? You know, yeah. like, or it really anything. If you're if you're masochistic, you you do some shitty right. plan. Yeah, uh, or you just want to see what what it's like to be like a midwestern farmer closet homosexual with a with a gross <laughs> wife named Irene, who looks like a dollop of cream. And he fucks her, and she falls asleep <laughs> while he's fucking her, and it's, it's his like birthday. Worst fairy tale. It's his she looks birthday. like a dollop of cream. And then, but when you get back and you die, I tell you the story of Irene, the dollop of cream, who fell asleep while I was fucking her on my birthday, and I woke up and I jerked off on my side of the bed. Why did I pick my side of the bed? And I had a little thing of wild turkey, and I drank it, and I sat and I listened to Johnny Cash, and I felt. I felt something. You know what I mean? I didn't feel happy, sad. I felt everything. Right. Remember that? <laughs> that's a good story. I mean, that's... I mean, the thing is, though, like, regardless of whether that is actually the case, like, that's really what it all boils down to, right? When we're all on our deathbed, it's what are those weird little stories that you have perspective to tell or not tell? Right. You know? Whether or not so we're telling... Whether, and whether or not we're going back to an eternal being state right like that's ultimately what it is you know um, like looking you're saying before we die looking back and going just in general like I, this is a bigger thing that actually i would love to talk about but like what when it's all said and done like you know and in this business where we work our ass off so hard to create something you know, and in and, and, and this business where we all come here and people don't get married till they're like 38, if that, you know, right. whereas our friends back home have houses and kids and are leading lives that I'm sure if you weighed the quality of their happiness to ours, it would be greater. You think theirs is greater? I think so. I think that if you were to like give some like weird, if there was a way to measure just like throughout every day how happy they were, mm. I think that they're like... Without sounding like a jerk and be like, well, it's a more pure, pure state of being, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I envy that ability. I envy my friends who can just go and have a house and kids and work at an office and leave their work at home and, and all of that, you know. And so, meanwhile, we're here to create something or to, you know, make a living in this business or whatever. And I, I guess I just think a lot about, like, Over the course of our lives, how important is it going to be if we were happy? 
versus how important will it be if you created something that you are That's proud a of? Bob Dylan quote. Really? Somebody asked him if he was happy, and he was like, "What does that matter?" <laughs> right. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. He, he looked at them like they were crazy. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Right. I'm not here to be happy. I'm here to write blood right. on but, the tracks. But but then looking back when we're 80 or 90 or when I die when I'm 55 or whatever it's going to be, mm. how important will that truly be? Like when I'm on my deathbed, will I be looking back and be like, you know what? I wish I had more fun. And I do have fun, and I do find myself in weird experiences and weird adventures, and I, that's what I love and try and have my friends and people around me in life do. But when, like, you know, ultimately everyone will be forgotten. Everyone. You know, like, the, the most famous person 200 years ago, no one gives a shit about it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people will remember, like, the giants temporarily. You know, in film, people will remember fucking John Ford and Spielberg and Coppola and whatever, but then eventually they'll fade away too. You know, mm-hmm. like that's an inevitability. Mm-hmm. So we're all killing ourselves trying to influence people around us who are also dying. Who are also dying. Well, as Buddha said, the world's on fire. <laughs> the world is on fire, and we didn't start the fire. Uh, <laughs> also, the Buddha the, said. The Buddha said that. <laughs> uh, and so it's just you know you look back and it's like what it, what does it all mean like which path was better like should it should you be happy should you be but Jordan you just it's work? funny that you say that um, first of all I disagree with your happy quota temperature thing how so you think that other people are less happy than us I would put my life against anybody's see I think and this is gonna sound <laughs> this is gonna sound like a real jerk yeah I think it's an issue of and this is not literally I think it's you can't measure them because it's the difference between having done mushrooms and not done mushrooms. Mm. You know, like I don't, you don't know what you're missing out on until you've crossed that line. Yep. You know, you don't, well, your brain is a differential. Your, your, your body is a differential engine. Sure. So what I think what happens in our <laughs> lives is I, I, I've adjusted to the, uh, to the life that I have. And that's the danger is that I today, Jordan, what I had to do, 4 p.m., interview you, 9 p.m., do Katie's show at the Palace. Right. That's all I'm doing today. That's fucking great. Right. I love it so much. I woke up. I slept. I, I woke up at like 7 or 8 because I'm just like an anxious person. <laughs> and then I went back to bed. That's my first J. Went back to bed. <laughs> that was like a utilitarian J. I was like, I just got to do something to relax. Jade went back to sleep, woke up at noon, got up. Juice cooked, watched Wanderlust, okay, with the windows open. It was beautiful. <laughs> now, here's the problem. Stunning. You do that enough times, you get used to it. Right. And that's why so I have nothing to di- differentiate. What I think my friends who, and I'm going to try really hard not to be condescending because I'm that's, telling that's, you in my heart, right. I don't feel condescending to them. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that, that, that's exactly the thing. It's tough to talk about it without somehow sounding condescending. I, and that's, so I'm being very clear here. I would be honest with you if I felt condescending about them. I'm thinking about a specific friend whom I love very deeply, who's married and has two kids, and I love him to death, and I think his life is great. I think one of the reasons his life is great is because he has more different, differential, he has more things to differentiate his life. He has a thing called the weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't, what is this weekend? Right, the weekend doesn't matter to us. There's no weekend. Seasons don't matter to There's us. There's no evening. Right. There's no, I'm working at night. Right. I'm working during the day. Right. But I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Blah, blah, I'm back to me. I'm I think no, but that, that, but that is those, those beacons in which we use to, 
you know, moving to L.A. initially really fucked with me because sure. you lose seasons. You lose, you lose um, a traditional schedule, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, things move so slowly and so bizarrely here that, like, you go to bed in August mm-hmm. and then you wake up in March. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? That's why this town, the, the seasonlessness of this town and the way we are within it right. are synced up perfectly. Yeah. Our periods come at the same time. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it's perfect that when it's December 25th in L.A., it looks like March 25th. Right. You know totally. what I mean? No. Uh, because very fitting. That's where we are. And that's why we, we'll get this reputation for being aloof and whatever. And, and I am. I don't know what month it is. I have to think about it. Uh, it's February. Just about. It's almost February? No, it's, we're just into February. Okay, see, there we go. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to tell you was... Wait, wait, so you didn't, you didn't finish about your not being condescending. So. Oh, I, I, do, I just believe that his, his life is good. I just think that it's good for him, and then I think my life is good for me. Sure. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And here's the thing, is I bet my friend, and I'm speaking about one specific person... So don't think I'm generalizing because I'm not. I'm being very specific. This guy I know looks at my life and goes, that sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think his life is right for him and I think my life is right for me. And that's why I think we're both happy people. Mm-hmm. But while I agree with, I think, the sentiment of what you're saying, today at 5.19 p.m. on a Thursday, I, I just I feel like uh, even though I've lost – the idea of the house and the kids and the wife and, and that and being honest to my needs to have a family and, and belong to a more regular community and all that sort of stuff. I today I wouldn't trade it for anything. Okay. But when you okay, so uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. But welcome to my podcast. Um when you you're, you're doing great. It's usually seventy thirty. When when you <laughs> go through your life, how important will it like how, oh the fun thing the fun thing and like not to say that you aren't having fun but like the the gen, there there are times in this business where it's hard yeah of you, course you, like you know and th- that's what makes I think that's what defines how you get through that period if you push through that if, and if it, you push through right. that and like and, and specifically with comedians like I think you need to push through that to become a great comedian you push through it for a long time right exactly well it's funny that thing about you being happy and all that sort of stuff it's so funny because. Okay, that goes to the differential engine that is my body. Is That's why it's important to diversify, and that's why it's important to do this podcast. This podcast makes me happy. Stand-up makes me happy. Then acting makes me happy. Then writing makes me happy. Then traveling makes me happy. Then seeing my friends makes me happy. Sex makes me happy. Relationships makes me happy. All these different things make me happy. And they're all different. And we've got to keep shuffling, and, and we have to stay proactive and stuff. I, I think I said this on the show I was talking to my friend Oren, who directs all the shorts mm-hmm. that I do, and I was like, we got to have more fun, man. I was telling him, I was like, your brain – this is from the documentary Happy, which I reference all the time. Your brain loses its ability to be happy as we age. If mm-hmm. It's a use-it-or-lose-it system. So if we stop doing the chicken dance, if I stop just chasing you for no mm-hmm. reason, then we will literally lose some of our ability to be happy. So I was like, man, we got to go to karaoke. We got to travel. We want to go to Japan, all this sort of stuff. We got to do it. It's important. And then I was like, we're not having enough fun. And he was like, you're right. And I was like, I'll see you tomorrow for Batman. And the next day I put on eye makeup and dressed like one of right. my heroes and pretended to be Batman for the entire day. Right. And you and I, I'm thinking about when we did mashup, I was in a bathrobe. Right. 
on a on a street in LA smearing cake on my face <laughs> and like throwing throwing listen throwing red dodgeballs at a boy <laughs> a 10-year-old boy ten-year-old i just boy. met and you're directing me going really whip it <laughs> Try and hit him in the head. And I'm whipping it at this kid who's in SAG. (laughs) And then, you know, so it's like that's why I think I'm happy. Also, I think genetically predisposed. That's why I I love this business ultimately or why I chose this part of it is because I just get to be a kid. I get to go in like a sandbox and I get to create things. I get to build big things. I get to blow things up. I get to like – Make weird shit happen. You get to go to fucking which, Sundance in a fur right. coat and <laughs> and sweep the fast, which is ridiculous and great. <laughs> but but that also ties back directly into what makes me sad, which is I find myself staring in the mirror a lot, not like narcissistically, but just literally looking into my eyes hmm. and trying to see if I can find the eyes of the little kid in me, hmm. you know, and just like. Have a thought that he would have had. Like, what is a real-world thought that that kid who is now me had? Hmm. And, you, you know, you'll see the movie. The movie, like, very much is about... Um, What's it called? It's called Toy's House. It's a very it's a very nostalgic movie about growing up. It's a coming-of-age story. The third Toy's House on the left? Yes, exactly. <coughs> the, the third Toy's House story. Uh, and... Um, it, uh, but what makes me sad is like you, when, when I go in, when I talk to anyone and I can't see the little kid in them. Yeah. Like it's just in the, in their eyes or like, or, and Cause you stop playing with them. You stop playing. And One you, day he threw the and, ball and it just bounced into the street. And then it's, then it's gone. And you then know? he chased it and got and, hit and, by and the And I, I really feel like once that's gone, it's gone. You know, like in the same way with happiness, like you let go of that little kid and mm-hmm. you can't. You can't get that back. Mm-hmm. And one of my, I was talking to Kumail about this the other day. One of my uh, idols is this guy, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who is the guy who created Zelda and Donkey Kong and Mario and all these things. He made all just, those games. He made all those games. And uh, and just the way that he views the world is just like in such a. And the movie is very much like this. It's just about like rem- like having that impressionistic feeling of like what it is to be that age and like how you perceive the world and yes. what it is. And yes. like, I hate going to, it just makes me so sad to go anywhere and whether you, and this is, this is also me projecting. Like I will be the first to admit this, but like you go into a fast food restaurant, you go into a department store, you go wherever and you speak to an adult at one of those places. And I just, in my mind, I just run through like all of the scenarios in which who that person was as a kid Hmm. And this is why, like, my dad and I don't get along. Like, who that person was as a kid, what their dreams were as a kid, like, what their aspirations were, like, what they thought life was going to be like. Now you're talking to Sad Pete. You found and, him. And, and then, yeah, and then, and then where they ended up, mm-hmm. you know, and whether they're okay with that. Because part of it is just me projecting, being like, well, I wouldn't be happy in right. that life. And I admit that. And I, I know that that is partially, like, projecting in a bad thing. But there's just this part of it that, like, I just don't, it just makes me sad in the same way, like, saying bye to your mommy and daddy is a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I say bye to your childhood. You're saying bye to your childhood, you know? Right. And, like, I just, I think that, like, holding on to that and a big part of, like, this career for me is about being able to tap into that part of my life mm-hmm. and, 
and being able to tell the kid that you see in the mirror going like, we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. That is the the core of every comedian. Sometimes I think the show is just a long ad to become a comedian or to follow your dreams, maybe. Because Kumail and I regularly will just rejoice at the idea that you're like, you could tell 10-year-old Pete that he's a comedian. And that kid... He probably shit his pants already a little bit. He'd, he'd just let go the rest of it. Right. He'd just fill up the whole shorts. I feel like I actively make decisions in life that I know are bad decisions because I know that the, like, 10-year-old in me would be psyched. I think know? that's really important. And, you know, Seinfeld talks about that, the, the mind of the comedian. There's part of the, you that wants to play, and you have to foster it. And then if you do, then you can remain a creative right. person. And it is in your subconscious, and it is something that you have to feed every once in a while and visit once in a while to keep it going. This actually goes back to my night walks and i'm not just trying to let's force get back it. into it i we, we skipped that i'm not trying to force I want it to know about it. because when we're talking about a man at a department store who's helping us that, that makes us sad or whatever um and i remember the first time i got a cab at five in the morning to drive to some college and the college was paying me what i thought was just a huge amount of money and um the cab driver i was, I was just like this is a grown-ass man driving me to the airport and he's making blah blah here's the thing though and talking about remaining a kid. And then it, I think it relates to being, um, like on the Cosby Show pilot, ordinary people. Um, I go on these walks and I'm trying to – what I'm trying to do is what I was telling you about lucid dreaming is when I'm dreaming and I'm lucid dreaming, I'm fascinated that my mind is creating everything. Mm-hmm. Let's, say, let's say we're dreaming this, that we're doing this podcast. I would be so impressed with my brain that I'm like, look at, the, look at this. I made this quilt, this nerdist quilt. And, like, I remembered exactly what Katie looks like. And look at the clock, although the clock would be all warped. But, you know, like, look at the texture on the glass. Mm -hmm. And look at the temperature of the room. And, oh, I can feel it. Oh, there's paper. I can leaf through the paper. This is incredible. This has weight. My brain knew to make this coffee cup weigh something. Then I I had this, I'm going to call it a mini epiphany, a mepiphany. Mepiphany. Was that you can do that in life. And that's a bringing it back to being a kid sort of thing. Whereas going to a mushroomy place where the ceiling really has its shit together. The <laughs> ceiling knows what it's doing. I now go on these walks and I just call them presence walks. I don't call them anything, but in my mind I'm kind of like, let's go and be present. And you walk around and you just try and be in the moment the whole walk. It's, it's just a- setting your phone down, like we were saying. But, buddy... <laughs> Uh, when I go to yoga and when I go on walks, those are the two times when my phone... Actually, my phone is off most of the day, but I won't even have it with me mm-hmm. during those things. And it's beautiful. And you walk around and, like, there are, like, cherry blossom trees and stuff. And you can put your face in them. And you can... I'm not even talking about smelling. I'm talking about seeing the tiny little things inside of them. And it's all around you. And, like, if you look, there's a, a weird cat under that car. Honestly. And he'll come out and you can pet him. And you, have, you look like a fucking loon. It was midnight last night in my neighborhood, and I'm petting these two cats I found. And I had this great time with these cats. But it was a meditation. It made me feel like a child. To me, it's the same thing as when I was a kid. And I still do this. But like I like laying on the ground in places. I like laying on the ground or laying upside down. Yes. I, like, I like being in a room in a way in which you're not supposed to sit in a room as an adult. Love it. Because then you're suddenly looking at like the underside of that table from an angle you've never seen before. That's a and real mushroom thing. And then you look at thing. it and yes. you're like, oh, right, that thing. That mm-hmm. does this. That does that. Mm-hmm. You know? And like really, you know, going full circle with this whole thing was about initially was like the first time I did mushrooms, it just shattered my perception of everything. I, I suddenly knew for the first time that 
nothing was exactly as I thought it was. Tell me what I know you can't, but go with that. I just, uh, I mean, I like, um, I like all sorts of hallucinogens, but uh, my first, my first real trip was a salvia trip, and that was the trip that was that the clown hitting you. That was when the clown was hitting me. That made me never want to do salvia. <laughs> I've done it once, but I don't think I'll do it again. Salvia is fun because it is. I, I've since learned to really love salvia because it is just like it is inducing a dream for like two minutes, just like the hardest dream, like like, like an enlightened guy temporarily going into. A person for 80 years, salvia is because you forget you did the drug. You just, for two minutes, you were there. You hmm. are in that space. And so... You mean, see, that was my experience, too, was that the cha- I, I called it the channel changes. Right. Whereas mushrooms, it's more like you start to bend a little bit. You start to bend. I think on mushrooms, you can, lo- you can lose sight of that stuff, and it's important to remember you're on drugs and all that shit. But in but salvia, like, it really salvia, is the whole yeah, the thing changed. The whole thing changed. And you saw a clown, and he was slapping you. Yeah, that's yeah. A clown was slapping me, but that's still like that kind of horrible. Being, it was horrible, but you, but you know me, I'm a big proponent of the fact. That you follow the fear. I yeah, I follow the fear. I'm a big proponent of the fact that if you are having a bad trip, I that's why my friends were like, oh, I'm a control freak. I should never do mushrooms. That's my well, my response is you absolutely should do it then because you need to break out of that. Mm. You need to like embrace your you lack need, of control. Exactly, you need to embrace your lack of control and just go into it. Like I am just a big proponent that if you are having a bad trip, you are having a bad trip for a reason. Mm. And then it is on you to slowly and yet it's not to say there's going to be a clear epiphany of like, oh, a clue. You know, it's not going to be that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if you're having a bad trip it is stemming from things in your life and in your brain and it is on you to figure it out. And I've like worked out a lot of very weird issues in my life via drug use like that. Mm-hmm. And um, do you remember any of them? Oh yeah, I worked through my. I remember laying in a pool <laughs> once and uh, and thinking I was in like the womb of life and just really working through my. That's so funny. I just to Dwight or Matt, one of them. I was talking about. I took mushrooms in a hot tub and thought I was in a womb. Yeah, and it was the best. And I had was... a clear epiphany where I was like, I thought. And I'm pro-choice, but I went, abortion's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I remember thinking what it would be like to be a fetus. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if if that is valid. I'm not here to start an abortion debate. Let's talk about it. Um, (laughs) No, so you were in the womb of life. I was in a womb, and I just remembered, like, really, my parents had gotten divorced when I was later in life, and... I kind of had to be like the mature one in that situation. My older sister uh, just didn't really get it, and I had to be the one to be like, you know, their mom, they're they're Chad and Marla. In addition to being mom and dad, like they need to live their lives, and I kind of had to be like the emo- like the logical one about it. Hmm. And um, and I just remember very explicitly on mushrooms in a pool, kind of working through that, like coming to terms with what that meant, you know, mm-hmm. to like be birthed by these people and to be raised by these people, and then to let go of them and to, then to subsequently see them also part ways and what that meant. And, you know, just really for my own self, find some sort of peace with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've, I've worked with shit like that and I've just, you know, I just think it's a, <laughs> I had a weird moment where, uh, I'm obsessed with, uh, manliness in the sense that like, I, like we're just such a pampered generation and such a generation of wusses. And, you know, my movie is, uh, kind of like this postmodern stand by me in a weird way where like the kids in stand by me like they could go and run away into the woods and they could do that that was a generation of kids who you know their parents built fucking skyscrapers you know what i mean mm-hmm. and we are not that generation and i'm just so fascinated by that gap 
that gap that has occurred in like who we are versus who they are. And uh, I remember one time on Mushrooms, uh, I remember my dad, um, I used to play hockey as a kid, mm-hmm. and my dad lost his wedding ring once. He lost it in uh, while he was like taking my, my hockey skates off. And he, one point, I didn't know about this. He found it one day later, and he was like, oh, my God, thank God. I fucking found this. Like, And I was like, wait, what? I was a kid at the time, and I was like, what? And he was like, oh, I thought I lost this, so I had to buy a replacement ring. You know, I didn't tell your mom, and I was just you know, worried, and I'm so glad I finally found it. You know, and he just had lost his ring, and he didn't want my mom to think he was, like, cheating on him. But, like, a schmuck, like a fucking dumb schmuck, I later, like, used that against him at some point to be like, hey, remember that time you blah, 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 lost your ring? And I was just thinking, like, hey, what a shitty thing to do as a kid. Like, what a shitty thing to do. But also, like, I feel like his generation, when he was growing up, I feel like he would have instinctually known that was not an okay thing to do. Like, you side with your dad, you know, Mm -hmm. when you are that age growing up. Like, there's, like, a bond and there's, like, these unspoken things. And I was just such a wussy kid that, like... Well, you're probably I, more scared of your dad, maybe. I don't know, but I just Not remember... You, I just, but I just, the other kid. Maybe, yeah, but I just remember throwing him under the bus, you know, mm-hmm. and just thinking, like, wow, that is, like... I was, like, I was like, I had this weird moment where I was like, was I a bad son? Mm-hmm. I was a bad son. And I, like, called my dad and, like, apologized to him, and it's like, that's not really on me, but it was just this weird thing that, like, it just gives you this perspective that I don't find people often take the time to have, you mm-hmm. know, and to really... Wait, that was a mushrooms thing? That was a mushrooms thing. Hmm. It was like me on mushrooms, like really actively for some reason being hyper focused about this event in my yeah. childhood that I'd not thought about in years. Again, I'll say, because today when I was meditating, I realized I was harboring some resentment towards someone in my family. And like in that state of being where you're a little, your ego is certainly lessened. Mm-hmm. It's not as extreme as mushrooms, but it's something I can do twice a day. You can't right. do mushrooms twice a day. Uh, I remember just being like, giving myself orders, being like, Forgive that person. Well, love right. that person. I mean, I remember uh, like one of the last times on mushrooms. Like you know, you and I have a, a mutual friend that is uh, like a nemesis of mine, uh, and he feels the same way about me. And I, I just remember being on mushrooms and just like, just feeling this, like. Like feeling like an actual manifestation of what it means to have a ne- nemesis, like <laughs> feeling how gross and dark and nasty that felt, you know, and like actually thinking about it instead of thinking about it in terms of like here's this person that for whatever reason we don't like each other, just actually feeling like the darkness that that does to your body, what it's you doing know? to you, what it's doing to me, you yeah. know, and just feeling like ah, like I want this out mm-hmm. of my life and away from me, and it's gross, and I don't want to harbor this. It's I not doing anyone any. It's good. not doing anyone any good and like you know i think experiences like that whether they are meditation or whatever just allow you to like it's like when was the last time i really thought about like the physical manifestation of what a grudge or whatever right doing you know yeah well that's one of the things it does it helps you it helps you see it as a thing and something that you can kind of remove it kind of breaks you down a little bit what do what do you think about god now when i said uh hopeful i kind of believe that there's something else I would love to believe there's something else. I don't. Uh, I don't, though. I, I think that there's... Uh, with all these drugs. With all these drugs, I think that there is... Like, I don't think that there are aliens, but it would be a fucking shame if there wasn't. Like, what What a bummer. 
What a bummer all of this would be if there wasn't something more. You know what I mean? Like, well, what would the aliens be doing besides putting us in their computer? I don't know. Like, living their own lives or something. But, like, to think that there's that vastness of the world and that there aren't some other dudes flying around in spacecrafts out there or having the same issues as us, like, that sucks. That's a stupid idea Yeah, that that isn't the case. Right. Uh, well, Stephen Hawking thinks there are aliens. I would hope so. I would hope there are. Um, you know, and that's a, that's the other thing is like you look at all these like weird things happen in our life. Like Pluto's not a planet anymore. Like uh, <laughs> these things that you grew up thinking were like hard fast rules. Like it's just crazy to think that at some point in our lives there'll be a point where it's like, oh, now there are aliens. You know, now that's a thing. Right, they exist. You know, right, right, right. It's water on Mars. Like great. Or microwaves. Microwaves. That didn't That's exist. my example. Well, also microwaves, oddly enough, people think that technology came from aliens. Like, if you we look... <laughs> yeah, we do. Because if you look at... Uh, if you look at the technology of microwaves, there's, like, this weird technological gap that some people are like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. We don't. We didn't know how to do that. Well, that's my favorite. That's my favorite alien theory is that we were we went from like knuckleheads like <laughs> clubbing each other, and then all of a sudden our evolution like spiked and, we're, right. we, and we know agriculture and we're building pyramids and shit. Right. And my favorite theory is that the Anunnaki came down and they altered our DNA and taught us how to farm. Right. I love that theory. It's amazing. It's so and much you know, more interesting. And you know where it comes from is from all those Sumerian texts. Right. They all wrote about these beings from the sky, which we always were just like those are gods, ancient aliens tonight. Yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, like, no, it's, it's yeah, so fine. much more interesting because we have more chromosomes than the our closest ancestor in the primate family. We have more than them. Right. So something like it's look, maybe there is a scientific explanation. I'm not. This isn't stuff to blow your mind. I don't know the explanation for that, but it's fun to think that these giants from outer space came so with much more reptile skin. So much more, and they went. Let's oh, let's make a slave race of them, the dummies, and then let's make the ones that we're going to leave here. And then let's also some of us stay here in human form to like be their presidents and stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm on board. The best, the best. So story. much more interesting. But as far as God goes, like I, I'm just at this point where like, it's not that I'm atheist or agnostic necessarily. I just kind of don't care. Like it doesn't as a, it doesn't affect me either way. Right. Decisions that I, I'm not going to make decisions in my life. Assuming that's the case. It bums me out when people use those as decisions to prevent other people from finding their own happiness, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, one of the greatest travesties in life. But, like, it just doesn't affect me. Well, that goes back to Buddha a little bit. I could live my whole life. Yeah, I I could live my whole life. And I just, I I can't fathom a world in which, like, my faith in a guy who lived a while ago is going to determine whether I go to heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... There's no proof that they exist beyond faith, which I have a lot of faith for weird shit, but not that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like, I don't care. Like, it's just, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not in high school anymore. You know, like, I don't want to argue about religion with people anymore. I don't want to have like these fun conversations about theism and deities. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm bored with it. You mm-hmm. know, like, if they're if they're there, great. I would love to be surprised. I would fucking love for it to be like here's a, here's a guy with fucking gray hair. You know, awesome. But for the in the meantime, like just Roger Sterling. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Get a cocktail. In the, in the meantime, Wanna I fuck just. Joan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. In the meantime, I just don't. It just doesn't. It doesn't seem, concern you. You're more interested me. in the ending of suffering on Earth right now, for you. 
and others that you love. Mm, I'm into creating suffering for people. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going to get real dark real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it doesn't fucking concern me. Let's do the speed round. What's the speed round? I go over the notes that we didn't do. We did okay. sad animals. Yeah, fuck that. What's animals? I wrote down animals because I was like, it's weird that animals can like sense spiritual things. I get freaked out with animals and babies that animals look in your eyes. How do they know? It's, it's, I know that eyes, in theory, look similar, but like they shouldn't know that. But we all have faces. That's one of those things. Who said that on the show, Katie? Do you remember somebody was like, we all have faces, two eyes, a mouth, and nose. I look yeah, like a shark. Yeah, but like... I don't know. I look like a shark. Uh, I don't know. I just think that's like a pretty big... Oh, it's weird. But the, the thing that they can feel, the panic, you know, that's a Ramdas <laughs> thing. It's a be here now thing where he talks about animals. Birds and cats especially can like sense when someone's like freaking out and stuff. Right. My friend, Dwight Slade, I'm sorry, he just did the podcast and then we had dinner or lunch uh, a couple days later. And he was telling me that when he was in Israel, um, I don't, I know he wouldn't mind me telling the story. He was meditating um, and a cat just came up out of nowhere, laid down in his lap, went to sleep, instantly went to just slept on him. And then the second he was done, got up and walked away. And it was just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is that? I mean, but like when you look at a baby, I love it. Looking at babies <laughs> freaks me out because I feel like I'm staring into a creature that is way smarter than we give it credit for. Sure. But it just doesn't know the construct of anything. Well, that's it why they keep dropping spoons, because they don't know what gravity is. Fucking, they don't know what gravity is. Get your shit together, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. The ceiling gets it more than those babies get it. Uh, uh, but but what is the baby open to that we're not open to? A ton. I think a ton. I think, I think like, it's, it's just a process of slowly having, it's just slowly molding your brain to say, this is how our world works. Mm-hmm. This is how our brain works. Mm-hmm. I think if you, and this is like a horrible experiment, but I honestly, you know, you look at like weird behavioralist studies, like you could raise, you know, there's like, um, psychologically, there's that kid, Genie of the Wild Child. There's like a famous, uh, famous case study from forever ago. They found this kid like in the woods Hmm. and she was a fucking animal. You know, she'd effectively been like raised by wolves. This is like a real thing. Hmm. And when they would put her in water, warm or hot if it was too warm or too hot she wouldn't react to it you know because she hadn't been conditioned to say like this is not right this is not this is not what my body likes you know like so you put it in hot water not like boiling hot water but like you could put her in like freezing water and she would just sit in the tub really yeah and there's just a lot of weird shit like that that I think that, like, we we define our own construct. You know, like, we Whoa. we create the rules of what this is, not just in terms of what our world is and the way it works, but literally we tell people what our brains are and are not capable of. And I think that's why people are m- so afraid of hallucinogens because it is just something in a pill or a, or a fucking mushroom or whatever that suddenly snaps your brain out. Mm-hmm. And the, you know you look at you look at case studies you look at scientific studies of LSD and MDMA and mushrooms for post traumatic stress or uh, trauma and dealing with those things and the the results from back in the day before they banned them were crazy good they're, they're crazy, crazy good. good like astronomically good you know the success rate of alcoholics anonymous i think i told you this no i told you this fuck you fuck you dude (laughs) i in your secret spiritual 
guide. <laughs> no, the success rate of AA is like 10% or something ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. When they were doing studies back in the day with acid and, and MDMA and mushrooms, yep. it was like 60% getting people off of right. alcohol. The first time I did mushrooms, I stopped drinking without any effort for a month. And Bill W., the the founder of AA was super into this. He was like, this is such a powerful tool, right. you know, and we've just like put the kibosh on it and said, we can't do this. Right. But like, you know, it's, it's this thing where you could take that drug and, you know, for better or worse, convince yourself of something. And that scares people. The other that, thing, it's just, a, it's, it's a taboo like anything else. It makes, they give it to people who are dying or they've done studies where they give it to people who are dying, like who have, you know, like a month right. to live and it helps them find incredible peace with it. Totally. I've often said, usually when I'm coming down from mushrooms, like if I'm dying, if I'm in the hospital, please sneak me in some mushrooms. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because I will grab onto the bed and just be like, I'm going home. Absolutely. That's great. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how we got to talking about it. And sometimes this, clowns slap you. Clowns slap you sometimes. Um, you're not, you don't get along with your dad. I don't get along with dad. Does he like your movie? He hasn't seen it. Yeah, uh, my mom and my grandma came out to Sundance. My dad. Uh, I'm going to cast Gene Hackman as your dad when you talk about him. I would cast Jeffrey Tambor. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's Jeffrey Tambor. He's <laughs> got that weird mouth. No yeah. offense, Jeffrey Tambor. Um, he. I think the bigger issue is like that he. The issue to me is that he didn't take the initiative to be like, "Hey, I want to come." Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to be like, "Hey, come." So. Mm-hmm. It's a weird situation. He, so much of my life is about like making things work, you know, and like creating your own opportunities and shit like that. And uh, he, he didn't go to college. He had a family business, a fur business, which, which is why I had that fur coat. Oh, um, and I don't know if you know this, the fur business is not doing so hot. Is that right? <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I, I don't see people wearing fur, but that makes uh, sense. No, it kind of uh, went under in the nineties. Uh, and so he had like this weird midlife crisis and became, he's a big burly Jewish man and he became a massage therapist mm. and, um, was doing that for a while. And then they, my parents got divorced and then things just like, just <laughs> when my, he was massaging your shoulders, did he ever just occasionally roll up a mink coat and be like, <laughs> just take a look, see how it looks. <laughs> I don't want your coat. Most sensual salesman. <laughs> um, Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know, post-divorce, he just never really picked himself back up. And it's just difficult. It's one of those things where, like, there's not, like, an inciting fight or incident. We just don't talk. Mm. We just, like, stop talking, and now we don't talk. I think that's I think that's more common, actually. I don't know how many people blow up and, like, just right. shit on it. But, like, you can feel that weird familial drift where you're just like, well, I guess, I guess that's not going to be the way it is. Right. Do you have aspirations of it? I would like it to. Like, I never envisioned my... I, I grew up liking both my parents, and then at some point, I was just like, what the fuck happened? I'm like an artist with dad issues. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand where that happened. Like, I would like it to be good, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I also go through these really dark phases sometimes of being like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to have kids, and I'm going to be a shitty dad, and that's going to make them better for it. You know, like... It's weird. It's It's weird, and it's, like, real dark, but... Uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes is partially a misnomer, but it's from uh, The Third Man, where, uh, and I just think this is like true about life in general, where it talks about how, um, uh, how I think they're talking about like Italy, how they had like the, the fucking war and bloodshed and deceit for, you know, 
50 years or whatever, but in that time they produced like the Renaissance and Michelangelo and all this incredible mm-hmm. shit. Whereas like Switzerland, I forget, I'm butchering the quote, but Switzerland had like peace and love for 300 years. And in that time they made the cuckoo clock, <laughs> you know, and like it's shitty, but like great things come out of strife, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's how you deal with it. And, um, there is this weird part of me that's like, you know what, I'll have a kid and then I'll be like a deadbeat dad and, I'll be around here and there, and then he'll deal with that, and that will make him a great person. Yeah, but the Beatles wrote the uh, White Album while they were sitting around with Maharishi meditating like 14 hours a day. <laughs> so I love, I love your quote. I'd love to think that there's art to be found that doesn't require the pain. I, you're talking to a guy who doesn't think he was really that funny until he got divorced. You know what I mean? So I'm with you. Maybe I could stand for some... I don't even want to tempt fate and say that. But, you know, I'm with you. I, I've often joked... Uh, you know, I think it was something my ex-wife and I used to say that we would be, uh, as a joke, distant to our children just so they'd be artists. Right. Did you, um, I know that when you guys, you told me that when you got divorced, uh, or maybe I just heard you saying this, that she very much like legitimately wished you the best. Uh-huh. Um, do you feel like now that you, you are Pete Holmes, like you are one of the best comedians out there right. now, like... <laughs> When do you I think like where this is when, when she looks at that now? Like, do you think it actually is nothing but like love and admiration, or like mm. do you do you think you've like exceeded her, even her expectations for I that? Like, honestly, think she has no. I don't think she checks in with me. Really, I don't think she does. She's just on a different path. I'd be surprised. I would be very surprised. You I guys think don't the talk only anymore. Thing, When's the last time you talked? Four four and a half years ago. Five oh, years. really? Yeah, you yeah. guys just have. Once you separated, it was just yeah. different fucking worlds. Yeah. And no. do you know anything about her? You guys aren't Facebook she's friends? Got, or? She, I know because I have we have some mutual friends. and She's got a couple kids, and I think she's doing well. Somebody saw her at the funeral of the guy that married us, and, um, and she was close with him. And uh, she's, they said that she looked really well. It was like in really good um, health, mm-hmm. like looked healthy and... You know, like that's a good indicator. If she right. like, it wouldn't bring me any joy if she was fat and smoking and right. her kids were idiots or anything. I do have cruelty in me that I'm kind of like, um, I get angry at her sometimes. But then most of the, most Still? of the time, not so much anymore. But I'm I'm doing better. Like it's it's one it's honestly one of the best things that ever happened. But uh, I wonder, you know, she's got to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe she can distance herself enough to be like, I don't know that voice. Maybe. If I heard her voice. I saw her handwriting and I remembered it. You know really? what I mean? This is your this is this is somebody that will always be in there, and that's fine. Just it's not a wife, it's a person that I knew for seven years. Right. And you you shouldn't let go of that. Mm-hmm. Every girlfriend I've had uh, we fall in love. If you're choosing we, to put your dick inside of somebody, but then we have that you are communion. having a weird communion, and then we stay. and that's important. Yes, that's and a, that's and that's my longest relationship. But it was also a relationship that I was super young, so it's your first thing and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, what do you still have resentment over? Like what? What? Like when uh, you my, go dark? Like if mm-hmm. if you if you acknowledge that like it made you a better person and comedian? Like what? What do you still hang on to? I don't know. I do completely forgive her. That's true. I really do. Uh, but then my ego sometimes will chime in and be like, I have a huge ego. And my ego doesn't deal well with rejection mm-hmm. sometimes. And it'll just be like, 
who who are you, you to leave me? Like it'll, I'll, it, that's that's my ego right. talking, sure, and sure, I'll sure. hear him say things like that. Um, but the full picture of me gets it and understands that it was good. And then there's just a small child in me that's like, how could she was like my mom wife? She like took care of me and mm-hmm. stuff. So there was like this. Um, kicking out of the nest that it's, it is kind of maternal. You're kind of like, fuck you. You were raising me. You know what I mean? Like you were loving me. How could you take that away from me? Um, but I but I, I, I would find it hard to believe that you don't have every part of your being looking at where you are now and like what that strife created. Yeah. No, I do. And, and obviously, honestly, like, you know, our, uh, our mutual friend, my enemy, um, you know, he he obviously is a very smart person, and when you guys were getting divorced, he straight up turned to me and said, like, it's going to suck for a while, and then he's going to be a better person and comedian for it. Yeah. You know? and, like, and that's completely true. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the ride over. I Watching Wanderlust, I was like, I'd love to get Paul Rudd on the show, and then I emailed my manager, and I was like, can you ask Paul Rudd to be on the show? Which I don't do often, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know Paul Rudd. And then um, I was remembering that my, my ex and I saw a four-year-old virgin, and... Um, it was right when it was while she was cheating on me, I think. So she was very distant. And there's this scene in Paul Rudd in 40 year old, uh, I'm sorry, in knocked up mm-hmm. plays a guy named Peter. My name is Peter. <laughs> so Tell that, me more. I honestly, that was a, I forgot I was in Los Angeles moment. I forgot that you know who I am. My name being Peter. And, um, in that movie, um, the wife wants, to hang out with him more, mm-hmm. wants more love from him more. And uh, there's this like weird tension between us that was paralleling our tension. And I remember it was really hard to watch that because um, Seth Rogen in that movie is like, this guy's the best. How could you be mad at this guy? How could you not love this mm-hmm. guy sort of thing? And I was like, I am the best. I'm like Peter in this movie. I'm funny and I'm interesting. Why is this woman pulling away from me? I don't understand. I didn't even realize she was pulling away from me. I'm, I wasn't smart enough to get that. And then I was like, and now I'm a couple steps away from interviewing the guy that's in that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it's not about celebrity. It's about moving on. It's about being like, that's a beautiful thing. Right. And I don't go like, then she'll see. That stopped pretty quickly. But there is something very weird. When I was watching that movie, one of us was going, I'd like, you know, subconsciously, I'm probably going like, I'll work with that guy or I'll interview that guy or I'm going to be in the same world as these people. Mm-hmm. And one of us was like, I'd really love to fuck a small Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this show is free. You just click on a link. And you, you just download you it. just download it. And then you get little gems like that and then it's no big deal. And then you just go on with your day and then you think, wait, what? <laughs> And then it's, it's three weeks later, and you're still thinking, maybe I should smoke a, for a, fuck a small Italian man. <laughs> That's what and you then, took from the show? And then you do it, and then you're... And then the guy you're with hopefully becomes a, a really great comedian. <laughs> and then, let's just be honest, if anyone is listening to this right now, and that that right there causes them to fuck a small Italian man, then you let, were let do Pete it. know. <laughs> let him know. Email fuckasmallitalianman at gmail.com. I'm sorry, fuck a small Italian man too at gmail.com. It was taken. Uh, we, I love to end the show. I feel like you'd be a fun guy to ask the sleep ritual. Nobody, nobody ever plays the sleep ritual game. Or they, they just say that. And don't feel disappointed if you don't have one. Every night when I go to bed, I realized I do similar things mentally mm-hmm. to make myself fall asleep. Um, everybody that listens to the show, this is just the introduction for you, knows that I pretend I'm a sniper. I think it's funny to be up high. It's not, I'm not shooting people. I think I've heard this before. And you know what? I, yeah. I, uh, in my phone, I have a document written down 
because I ask people a similar question. Like I know someone who's sh- who shoots free throws. Buddy, my other one is that I'm the best basketball player. In the really? World. Yeah. That's and so I don't even weird. like sports. I'm just dunking basketballs. That's so I've I've heard. Okay, so so go on. <laughs> no, that's it. You get it. Okay. For some reason, pretending I'm a sniper again. It's not a violent fantasy. It's just up high and armed, um, and warm. You're high. Which have you seen things. Jack Reacher? By the way. No, is it good? You should see it. It's great. And there's like a... No one it, will it see is, it with me. It I love fu- T. Cruz. It is fucking great. Like, I took Middleditch to it, and he was like, this is going to be shit. And the credits rolled, and we were just like... I am it's so, so happy. It's so good. It's so in control of what it wants to be. It's oh. so... Tom Cruise is awesome in it. But I love there's T. a super intense but great sniper sequence. Awesome. Like very much is just from the POV of the scope that you should, you should see. Great sniper sequence. Great sniper sequence. Need it. Uh, and also pretend I'm a great basketball. So uh, th- there's something comforting about... Oh, I know someone else who... Mm. Oh, this is the really dark one. I know someone who dreams that they're like in World War II with just like a big machine gun. Mm-hmm. Just like mowing people down hmm. as they're running towards them. It's like just bodies are piling up. I think that's also they... just another protection fantasy. Like you're in some sort of bunker and you hmm. can't be touched. There's something comforting about that. Right. The, the other one you're making me remember is I'm in some sort of uh, post-apocalyptic world where again, talking about T. Cruz, uh, it's like War of the Worlds, but mm-hmm. I'm in the one safe house that the aliens don't know. Right. And But around me is just chaos. The T-800 is everywhere. Those big ships from the War of the Worlds are everywhere. But I found the one place where there's a bed. I found a bed. It might be the last bed on Earth, and I'm going to sleep here. And that. So I like pretending dangers. It's it's our animal brains. It's like danger, but I'm okay. Uh, Honestly, you're asking the wrong person just because I am a really hardcore insomniac. Oh really? uh, Yeah. I since I was a kid, like. I used to just stay up for. I used to like get off on staying up like three or four days at a time. Uh, wow. I, I used to love it. Like I, I, people I, do that. That's like a drug for some people. Yeah, I, I used to really love it, and now it's much harder for me. But I, I probably function best, and I do all of my best work like between the hours of like two and five in the morning. Really? And, like yeah. And uh, <laughs> my honest question is. Aren't you sleepy? <laughs> not not sleepy. And so, but the thing is, I'm an insomniac, but I'm also a sleep addict. So, like, once I sleep, I want to sleep for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, I, I want to be out. Like, I'm not a... Nine hours of sleep is not enough for me. So, I... And during the move, during the post-production on the movie, my insomnia was, like, the worst it has ever been. And so, I don't have a sleep ritual. In fact, like, I just find myself being very aimless in bed very frequently trying to shut my brain off or more specifically being afraid to be alone with my thoughts and so then you're on your phone or then you're on your Hmm. computer because you don't want to just be that's a scary moment just laying in your bed and being like right now until i fall asleep all i have is like everything that's going to come at me right now Mm -hmm. so i don't have a sleep ritual it's just like i generally try and stay awake until the point of being like so exhausted that i will just immediately zonk out wow yeah so not a very interesting answer. But, no, uh, great answer. I'm just like I'm, I'm concerned for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to I want you to uh, be able to lay down and uh, uh, not be afraid of the thoughts that are coming. Sleep is uh, dumb for the week. Sleep is best. Sleep is for the week. I only like sleeping. I if wait. I, you've if, already if, slept for this week. Is that what you're telling me? No, I. I do sleep every night, but it's just I have like the most irregular sleep schedule imaginable. I if I have a girlfriend or if like a girl is over, then I just like then I love sleep. Like I don't want to leave the bed. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Mm-hmm. But 
man, the rest of the time, I, I also just, I never wake up feeling refreshed. Like, I actually want to go to a sleep clinic. I want them to, like, hook up things to my brain and, like, monitor my wavelengths because I don't think my brain is doing something right when I sleep. Like, I, I never I never wake up feeling good. I always wake up feeling sick, basically. Hmm. And uh, I just always have since I was a kid. Like, when I... Um, when all my friends would like wake up for Saturday morning cartoons, I would just be like, fuck this. I'm, I'm sleeping right now. So I like, once I sleep, I'm out. But like, and I partially think I chose this profession so that like you said, you can wake up at noon mm-hmm. and that's it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I just like waking up when my body says to wake up. Yeah, me too. Uh, that was a funny Hurley quote on lost. He's like, you know, we're, we're stuck on this Island, but the upside we sleep till whenever we want. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, there must be a comedian on the staff. Uh, well, really interesting. Let's let's close it out with um, and take a moment. Maybe you don't have an answer, but I like to ask people the hardest they've ever laughed. It's one of my favorite questions. The hardest I've ever laughed. And don't feel on the spot. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be good. Just any memory, and it, so don't, so don't even rank it. If you want to, just tell me the one that jumps to your brain of laughing really, really hard. Honestly, the first thing that would jump to my mind would just be like. Being in seventh grade or eighth grade and just like some dumb night, like me and my friends would just like have these fucking sleepovers and play video games and eat junk food or like walk around and like do night walks at night, just like looking for trouble. And like, <laughs> I just have like a just very a gaggle of kids, just, yeah, just a bunch of kids, like literally <laughs> walking around, like relatively safe Metro Detroit, like looking for something to happen, something, anything, right. you know, it could be like a guy, we know, just driving by and be like, fuck you. You know, like whatever that, yeah. that would make our night, and yeah. it was just like I remember laughing pretty hard those nights. Um, but uh, that's so great. That's so simple. Yeah. Back in the day when some, if someone tripped, that was like dinner in a movie. We saw someone fall. <laughs> right? No, that that was that was the shit. And then you would talk about that all week. Or a car went by, and you knew. Like one time, I bumped into a guy. We, me, and my friends were walking. It was during the day, though. And I accidentally hit, hit his shoulder with my shoulder. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, yeah, right. Like he thought I did on purpose. That was like, <laughs> that was like two weeks of fodder for us to like not only laugh about it, but then also dissect. Like, right. Why did he think I'm that? walking around right. just bumping into people? No, those are my favorite moments. Just like I remember one time specifically just like – because weird shit would inevitably happen. We would just walk around and there was these viaducts that trains would go over. And one time we were just walking by and there's this dude in the middle of the street and for no reason we're like, hey. And his reaction was to just take off running. So our reaction is to go chase this guy. We don't know this fucking guy. So then we're like chasing. You're riffraff. Yeah, we're riffraff. This is so like a Heathcliff This, this is what we did as kids. <laughs> and then we end up underneath this viaduct and the dude somehow is up on top of it. And he's like looking down like, hey, what's up now? And it's like. How he took you he... to his secret place. Yeah, like he went to the secret place and then like. He had the higher ground, and we couldn't get to him in time. And it was just this. And then that for us, it was just like it's still something we'll talk about. Like, hey, remember that? Remember that time we chased that guy, guy and the, the viaduct guy? What's his deal? And that guy Where is he? was probably walking around being like, if anyone chases me, <laughs> I'll go to my secret viaduct. And then one day he got chased. That's why he I, ran. I he love it like that. Uh, what that, is, that what go- is the hardest that you ever left? That goes back to my one thing. That goes back to my. <laughs> 
current experiment of trying to Calvin and Hobbes it, that the world is magic, that you can go out and things will happen. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I loved about being in Israel when I lived in Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> but when I lived in Jerusalem, that was the type of place you could just go for a walk and like weird shit would happen. I, I, that's, I, I think that's the best part of life. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's what made I, if I go out and something like that doesn't happen, it's a failure. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I, and there's this great Bill Waterson, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes quote that like actually was like really, um, inspirational as I was making the movie because I was so fascinated by it, which is just his quote that is, and Calvin and Hobbes is a book that is, you, 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 you say you Calvin and Hobbes that you went and you made your own magic. Yeah. And it is so much about like, there's that treasure, that freedom everywhere. and that youth. But there's this quote from, and he's like a huge recluse in real life, but there's this quote from him that's anyone who's nostalgic about their childhood clearly never had one hmm. or doesn't remember it, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was just so fascinating to me to try and reconcile that idea of someone who created Calvin and Hobbes, yes. just like this explosion of freedom and youth and what it is to mm-hmm. be that age, and then to say something like that. But Calvin and, was rebelling against a life he hated. Right. No, totally. He, I'm just trying to reconcile it, too, with you. No, but I, I think it, I think it's a fascinating dichotomy. You yeah. Because it's like, okay, so that quote, even if he's rebelling against a life he hated. Like, I'm talking about school and, school and having to go to bed and having to get washed. Right. And he has no friends. But but then to create. <laughs> Mo. He's <laughs> got Mo and Susie. He's got a girl with a lesbian haircut and a bully. <laughs> that looks like a bat landed on his eyeballs. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, you'll see the movie. The movie is like very much about that. Uh, I will see. Trying to reconcile those, those ideas. Of, like, but I, I also, being very real and harsh about what it is to be that age and the ups and downs and highs and lows of it. But yeah. also like really tap into what an explosion of just, it's the only time you're ever that free. Right, and that present and right. all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I've talked about the hardest time I've laughed. I'll try, I'm trying to think of another. You know, I, I was sorry, but I hurt well, can my... I know? I mean... <laughs> you're going to have to listen to one of the other episodes. Uh, I was recently getting a massage, and I was... You know, often I'll think, like, this is the worst time to start laughing. And I think Kumail and I talked about this on the show. We wanted to make, a, a like, a Pixar movie. Like where there's an alien and he's CGI. <laughs> okay. I think Kumail and I talked about this on the show. So it's like, what was that Seth, R- Seth Rogen voiced an alien? It was Paul. like Paul. So it's like Paul basically, but it's for kids, not for kids. It's just like PG regular movie. And right. there's a regular right. family. It's like Alf, but you know, modern day. And there's this beautiful <laughs> CGI alien that lives with them. And, <laughs> and then, we were thinking about, we riffed about this idea, just in life, not on stage, the idea that in the middle of this movie, like three quarters of the way through, he just ha- has a girlfriend and the alien and he go in this room and all of a sudden we're just in like grainy VHS footage and the alien is just a guy <laughs> wearing like gray makeup and like an E.T. kind of style suit and a hat, but you can see his hair. Right. For some reason, he's Italian. I don't know why that makes it funny. <laughs> and he, they fuck. They like hardcore zoom in on the penetration. And his dick is just flesh colored. You know what I mean? They don't even make up his dick. His his makeup is like poorly applied. He's looking into the camera and going, you like that, baby? You like that? And then the movie just resumes. So 
That is the fantasy, and I started thinking about that while I was getting massaged and just started laughing, and I had to just, I, you know, she probably sees it all the time. I was hoping she thought she was tickling me, but uh, that, that is the most recent me really trying to hold in a laugh. You like that? Yeah. Like fucking out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's pretty important to... Uh, do you do you laugh a lot still? Like, I do. Yeah. You got to find those right people. Chris Thayer makes me laugh every oh, every time I hang out with him. Almost. What did he do? He just made me laugh Who? so. He's this guy named Chris Thayer. Yeah. He opens for me on the road. He's so funny. He um. God, what was it? I really want to remember. We were at my place. I want to call him. It'll be worth it. <laughs> I'm gonna call him. Um. Okay. This is important. Put on speaker. (laughs) This is important. The most important. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. I hope it's not like inappropriate. (laughs) No. I mean, like what we were laughing at. Couldn't be. (laughs) It could never be. I'm gonna think while it's recording. Oh, I think it was offensive, actually. <laughs> it's okay. I'll... No, 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 you can leave that in. But I, I think it was something about... It doesn't matter. We were talking about how you have to get up really early in the morning to, to get sushi. He was talking about how it's easy to make sushi and that like it's got to be a good profit. And I was like, well, you got to get up really early in the morning to get the fish. And then he did this really offensive kind of Japanese sounding... <laughs> with a gong in it and I just laughed for about 45 minutes I know it's offensive and I guess technically it's racist but it it was so it was such a weird response I go like well you gotta get up early in the morning he went gong and I laughed the way that you don't laugh anymore right and I'm happy to say that I laugh that way most weeks I, I forget to. You know, and it's funny because I make comedy, but on set, like, y'all have fun and I'll goof around it. It's important to be around people that you like. But, like, I generally on set, I'm, like, very, uh, I don't want to say focused, but, like, I don't have time to be, like, yeah. laughing. No, I've been yeah. on, I was on the set, well, not of the movie, but uh, thanks for that, by the way. Well, you know, Kumail and uh, Middle yeah. Ditch and uh, Offerman. Every one of my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, we wanted it to be everyone but you. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't really feel that way. Um, <laughs> but when I was on Mashup, which was fun working with you, uh, well, that was also crazy. That show was crazy. That was crazy. So, you know, that was crazy for a lot of reasons. But yeah, um, I don't know. I think I well, I also think that like having a funny set actually can go against. You don't want all the laughs funny. to be behind the scenes, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think that that actually can like skew your radar in terms of what's actually funny if everyone's yeah. like having a good time and blah 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 like, oh it might you know, I, some I, of the I, I think like i actually think it, it rarely aligns that the thing everyone laughs at on set is the thing that like makes the cut there's a great man magazine i never thought i'd say this cartoon that i think about all the time which is it's a movie and it's playing and on the screen is a man getting hit in the face with a pie 
and the audience. The panel on the left is all the writers and directors, presumably, in the projection room, and they're dying laughing. And then in the theater, everyone is, like, stone-faced and, like, frowning. Not just stone-faced, <laughs> but, like, they hate it. So I've always thought about that. Right. But I actually come at it from a very different place. Like, when I was doing my pilot and stuff, I, I love trying to make everything as silly and I think for you it's happy. different. It is, I think it is I th- different. Well, I think also for you, or for actors, I think keeping that energy up is, right. is important. And I want to get, in, even in this podcast, to a place where it's like, let's pretend everything's funny. Let's right. pretend everything's valid. Let's right. pretend uh, you can do any impression and you can do anything. Let's just pretend we can fly and then and then see what happens. Uh, this podcast has been like really incriminating for me. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> ways, yeah. Which ways? I mean, drugs, porn stars. Uh, nemesis. Nemesis. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty public. That's pretty public. Uh, GQ magazine public. Uh, dad. Yeah. Uh, I'm into it. I, I think I won for one to you pretty good. That's my technique. Is if you share yeah, something, no. I, I like yeah. to go there with you. And I think I actually think you were the perfect guest. And I will ask, we'll end with this question for no reason. What kind of soap do you use? What kind of soap do I use? I don't even know the brand. I just change it up. I'm not. You swap. You swap it. I You're like one of those it. weird smokers that's I, always smoking a different kind. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Very I don't. I have like honestly, I I don't have like a shampoo. I don't have a. How soap. often are we wash in the hair? I wash it every day. You do? Yeah. It looks not... It doesn't look like you wash it. I washed it this morning. No, I mean that in the good way. Oh. I hate... I didn't wash it this morning. I hate well, hair that looks... <laughs> I hate hair that looks like fluffy, like a, like a cat that just got right. out of the dryer. I yeah. hate that look. Um, now we're just two no, dudes I don't, talking. No, I don't have... I don't have soap I like. I don't like showering. Let's be real about that. Really? I don't. I, I don't like it. the process of showering. There are just certain things in my adult life that I've come to realize I don't like. I don't like the beach. I'm not a beach person. I'm not a beach. I don't person. have a beach body. I don't like going to the beach. I don't like fireworks. I'm over it. I can't I'm believe fucking, you said that. I'm not into fireworks. I'm fucking either. over it. I yeah. get it. Like yeah, I, yeah. I've got it kaboom, since I was kaboom, a kid. Kaboom, 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 kaboom. Get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like unless you're gonna. All I think when you go tra- fireworks, I go traffic. Yeah, traffic. I gotta sit. Yeah. I know what's happening. How about I like, build a fire? The, the ooh, we have, yeah. Exactly. The oohs and the ahs <laughs> are no different than the oohs and the, like. It's not like the fireworks game has changed dramatically. No, nope. you know. In fact, it's probably one of the least evolving <laughs> yes, yes, out yes. There. And then there's, uh, I'm, I, I remember a friend of mine from a long, long time ago had this great bit. His name was Vito Lance about how there's always the one guy that's guessing it's the finale. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Oh, it's the finale. It's the finale. <laughs> Every time. Oh, it's the, f- oh, really? You think, and he's never right. Because <laughs> there's like five finales. Uh, Fireworks at the beach. And I don't, I, I do shower every day, but I don't like it. I, I don't like the process of it. Hot water. I don't. I, also, my hair used to be a lot longer, and so that's different, because then you're yeah. drying your fucking hair. You can relate. <laughs> it's, having long hair sucks. Uh, but I just don't like it. I don't. I like... Baths? I like... And I don't like baths either. I just like being a little fucking goblin of a man. Like, if I could just... You know, on this movie... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wear sweatpants for six months. And I did. And it was mm. awesome. Yeah. And you forget like how the weird girl uncomfortable. In the yeah. You, f- you forget how uncomfortable we are in our daily lives. And um, we, you sandlered it. Adam Sandler. As I put these pants on, these uh, jeans that I'm wearing today, these are like my nice <laughs> jeans, one of my nice pairs. I thought about wearing sweatpants. And I was like, <laughs> Jordan will understand. And I should have. You should have. Fucking A. God damn it. All right, well, this has been incriminating and great. Um, I love that you really are kind of hosting the show with me, which is great. <laughs> All right, so let me... All right, well, uh, that was incriminating and great. Thank you so much for being here, Pete. <laughs> no, thank you for doing it, man. 
uh, hey, let's talk about this. She, when I initially came to sit down, yeah. I was going to sit in the seat you're in. And she was yeah. like, no, 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 no. He, he's gonna, he wants to sit there. That's right. What's the deal with that? I love it. But you also like this person sitting here. Yeah. When Chelsea interviewed me, I sat there. And it didn't, I didn't like it. Really? There's a lot of things. I like Why? First of all, I want us to be this close, not across from each other. I mean, I guess, but, you, I guess you can see both of us, but why not put like me here? I don't like that too far. Too far? And then uh, this blocks her. And yeah, I want to be able to look to Katie. Um, so that, I want to be able to look at you, and I want to not sense. be distracted by outside. Right. And um, I also think it's really the other thing is really important to be able to look at you comfortably, and, and there's something very comfortable right. and focused about this. And if okay. there was any, if there was more happening behind you, I wouldn't like it. And th- look, I have my notes hung up over there. That's why I have soap, oh. hardest laugh, sleep ritual, Google. Fight, What's Google? Fake laugh. What's the last thing you Googled? Those are just games that you can play with anybody. Uh, wait, what's fight? Have you ever been in a fight? Oh, yeah. What's, what's fake laugh? Okay, we can do it. Do you want to do this one? We fake laugh until it turns into a real laugh. Oh, God. And then, and then at the end, you have to say keep it crispy because that's how we end. Ready? How many people do this one? We've done it maybe four or five times. Who's and the, you have to, you have who's to, the best? I, actually, I think we've only done it two, two or three times. John Dory did Dorr? it really well. He was really good at holding out and not having... I laugh almost right away. So you raise your hand when it turns into a real laugh. I bet I can go for a while. All right. <laughs> Ready? Why, why are you making that face? <laughs> Katie, do you want to play? Is the, is the game to just... Is my fake laugh supposed to be funny? Well, we have to look at each other. <laughs> okay. And there are all these rules. So you look at each other I, and you laugh. Okay. But and is my fake laugh supposed to be ridiculous? Or no, 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 no. The the what? I guess for me, it can be anything. It should just be a regular laugh. Can to I be make honest. like laser sounds? And you can do <laughs> if you want. Pew, 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 pew. You can do pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I laughed in real life. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Uh I don't know. We've never really talked about it that much. But but one of the ideas, it's kind of like laughter yoga, which people do, which is like fake laughing turned right. into real laughing. So it's just kind of like a fun release. And I think it's silly to listen to. Okay. Ready? One, two, raise your hand when it's real. Three. <laughs> I'm real already. I'll go back. <laughs> okay, wait. One more. It's pretty weird. That's real. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Okay. Who had the best fight story? Um. I don't know. Yeah, you with chasing that guy. <laughs> that was not. If, if that was the best fight story, then your guests have not been getting in good fights. Well, we got a lot of puss pusses. You do have a lot of puss pusses. Uh, okay. Well, the, 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 I don't. I don't really. Think I mean, I'm, you can do Google history. I feel like you, if if you want to do Google history, we might as well. I mean, we might as well. Huh. You you know how to do it, right? Yeah, I know how to use Google. A lot of people don't. You know, you go to this screen, so it'll. Yeah. I had, the last thing I Googled was cello, C-H-E-L-L-O. I thought it was spelled that way. And it's C-E-L-L-O. But it's pronounced cello. <laughs> um, zenpencils.com. They get two two plugs. Oh. <laughs> my, last, uh, my last Google was Zelda Owl. I was trying to find the name of the owl from Zelda. Why? Uh, because I like Zelda a lot. And... Uh, 
pew 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 because <laughs> uh, his, his real name is like Kapora Gabora or something like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So just keep going. I got. We'll do one for one. Kurt Cobain photos. I'll tell you why. I love Kurt Cobain. You know why? I was thinking about this recently. Because for all the punk rock and jumping into the drums, he really wanted to be good. Like, he loved the Beatles, and he wanted to make hooky hit music. Did he? I don't really know yeah. that much about yeah. him. It's not a coincidence um, that they wrote, like, really catchy shit. Uh, honestly? Oh, Ecto Cooler is a recent one of mine. I wanted a photo of Ecto Cooler. Who's that? You don't know Ecto Cooler? Is that a rapper? No, that was a high C drink as a kid that was Ghostbusters themed. Ecto Cooler. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know Ecto Cooler. Yeah, don't Sounds like a you. rapper. Uh, yeah. You like this one, Ambien and Alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I do like that one. Have you ever stayed up on Ambien? Yes. Very trippy. Recently. That's how bad my insomnia was, was I was taking Ambien and I was powering through it. Like it was I, very, for me, it wasn't very trippy. I just got very silly. I did it with a friend and we both no, just got that's, very silly. That's the thing is you get very silly, but like, I feel like every morning when I wake up at the time, I'm always like, oh, I'm just being silly right now. And then I wake up and I was like, whoa, that was real silly. That's actually true. That was real we, silly. We were singing songs and they were ridiculous right. songs. They were, it's like when you're on it and you stay up, you just think you're being like, oh, I'm being a little goofy and loopy right now. And then when you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, that was right. Real goofy. Pete Holmes mashup. I told him. I told my therapist I was going to send him a clip. Yeah. Um, is that fun for you? Therapy. I'm always curious for comedians. Like, is it what fun to do therapy? No, not therapy. Mashup. Is it like the like at, at this point as an adult human man? Like, do you? Because you know the basic conceit of the show is not a particularly original one. It's something that they, people have been doing in various incarnations for a right, while. Shorties right. watching shorties or whatever. But like, do you actually get a kick out of being like, oh, that's my thing, and that's my joke, and that's oh yeah, it's hugely uh, satisfying. Huh. I love doing it. Creatively, having people act out my jokes it was very nice. Uh, one of my biggest bummers was actually one of your bits because they wouldn't let it. Uh, it was like one of the few fights that I got in. Uh, with the network on it, uh, we shot this really funny thing because you couldn't be there. You were only there for a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, and we had Brady Novak playing you as Dream You. Yeah. And it was so fucking funny. And he was like uh, taking pictures of Angela Trimber on his phone. Mm -hmm. And his performance was so goddamn funny. And then they were just like, it's confusing because it's not Pete. And I was oh, like, well, really? that's, that's why it's funny just because it's this other guy. And it's the guy, you know, because he also played the guy like in the. Uh, I don't. I hate my father. Blah blah blah. That whole part of the bit. Oh right, you know right, he was right. that guy mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah, that was one of the one of the biggest bummers. Hmm. Little inside mashup thing. Yeah, I really, I loved mashup, and I thought it looked gorgeous, and I, I was really happy to be a part of it. It's one of it's one of my f more favorite TV appearances. Oh, okay. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And a good experience. Excellent. Well, you were there for a day, two days. I know. I was there. I know. I know. For me, believe me, I know that it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> but uh, for me, it was. I just got to sail in and leave. Yeah. Throw some cake around. I just got to throw a cake across two hang lanes out, of traffic. Hang out with a horse. I got to hang out with a horse. Yeah. And a beautiful girl on the horse. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, we got to pretend that we were kissing and shit. We That's didn't kiss, but we almost did. What's the best fight you've gotten? Um, there was a kid in college named, what was his name? Oh, I'm so happy I don't remember his name. And I used to try and sleep a lot and I didn't have any white noise going. I realized I like needed that. And he would like knock on the door and wake me up. And I, I, I got so mad at him. I picked him up by the waist. You know how you can go behind someone's back right. and grab them. And then when you pick them up, you turn them upside down. You know, I'm a big guy. <laughs> so I picked this guy up and I dropped him. <laughs> I picked him up 
because he kept not and he kept doing the butt head noise. He was going. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened the door, picked right. him up, and dropped him. Then pinned him down. He wasn't really hurt. And to be honest, I was making sure he wasn't really right. hurt. It wasn't like I saw white. I didn't Greg Fitzsimmons him. And then I pinned him down his two stupid lacrosse muscly arms, fucking dick, and slapped him in the face. Not trying to hurt him, just trying to degrade him. Uh, a good slap will degrade anyone. Yeah. I'm trying to be like, basically, you're a bitch. <laughs> and I'm slapping you. And, uh, and then his watch came off, and I picked up the watch, and he goes, give me my watch. Because he's up and now, and I'm, you know, I let him go, and he goes, uh, "Give me my watch," and I threw it and went and go get it, bitch. <laughs> uh, now I, you think I'm a sweetie now, or maybe you don't, but if you do, back then I was ten times the sweetie I am now. So this was sleep deprived, angry, <laughs> like my, and I'm sure I wrote him a flowing apology and bought him like a cake and was like, "You're my brother in Christ." But I fucking uh, hated that guy. Years later, I ran into him. Me and my mom were in the mall, the Burlington Mall, and we ran into that guy. And he came up. And I had been divorced for a couple of years, and he asked how my wife was. And both my mom and I, without discussing it, just decided he wasn't worth it. And we're like, she's great. I was like, yeah, she's teaching. She kind of just got into pottery. Like, just made up a lie. I was like, she's doing <laughs> Did great. you lead the lie, and she just went with it? Yeah, my mom went with it. She was like, yeah, she's great. And I was like, yeah, she's, she's awesome. I'll tell her you said hello. It was so fucking funny. Wow. Me and mom doing a little cloak and dagger. <laughs> I don't run, run enough bits with my mom. <laughs> I need to rethink this. Congratulations on your movie, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I it's wish I could have seen very it. Very fucking weird. How long were you? Sundance is the weirdest, right? Well, I didn't really do it. I just went to dinner with Chelsea and had existential crises, <laughs> which is what I do everywhere. But it was great. I mean, it's beautiful and uh, it was fun doing podcasts. But I didn't see one movie and I didn't really go to any parties. I went to one party. What party did you go to? went to this weird party sponsored by these guys that make this vaporizer. They actually gave me one. <laughs> and um, it was kind of fun. Hmm. It, was, it was fun. It was nice of them to get there it's... in San Francisco and I should plug them. What is it called? Your nemesis has one. Uh, it's oh fuck. San Francisco portable vaporizer. <laughs> Pax. I don't um, know something like that. I don't know. Are you googling it, Katie? Pax, there is a Pax vaporizer. Yeah, Pax vaporizer. That's what it is. You don't even know if that's them though. And they're yeah, cool. It's, it's a pocket vaporizer, and they I've gave, seen those, yeah. they gave me one. And Howard Kramer won. And he thought I was a Jedi because he was like, they're not going to give us one. And I was, and I, you know, these aren't the people you don't want to be giving vaporizers droids looking for. These, and they gave it to us because they're sweethearts. Well, no, it would have been. And, and because these, here we are, we're plugging it here at the show. It's a great vaporizer. These aren't the people that you don't not want to be looking for. Giving vaporizers. Let's go into the canteen and smoke some of this weed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be trippy. Let's go into the canteen and smoke some weed. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to direct a Star Wars movie, and uh, yeah. you should be in it. Okay. You down with that? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, we say, um, keep it crispy. That's how we end the show. Oh, right. Well, we didn't do that after we left. Keep it crispy. <laughs> you yeah. really snuck it in there. I what? loved it. I snuck what in there? All this extra time? No, keep it crispy. I didn't do it. No, you just said it. <laughs> I I didn't know like saying it just like captured. Oh, it you're going to say it. Well, no, I guess <laughs> maybe I won't now. 
I didn't know that like saying you you make it seem like saying it is like a a spell that you cast. You say it once and it is a little bit. <laughs> no, but it is when when the show is over, you say keep it crispy. But if you say it accidentally before that, does the show just end? Did I just end the show? Yeah, it's like if there's a genie in the room and you go, man, I wish I could. I wish I could find a bathroom right now. And he's like, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one. Come on. Look, if I'm around and you say, I wish. He's not even your genie. Yeah. I don't think genies grant wishes to strangers, man. He's your genie. You gotta f- All right, he's your genie. See? I like to think Kumail is my genie. <laughs> Kumail. Oh, my God. I'm not granting any wishes. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit, Peter. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I'm so, uh, I'm so tired. Please, <laughs> Haggard Kumail is the most fun. Uh, Kumail seems going. like I would love a a podcast that was just you. If you had like keys to his apartment with Emily, and like randomly at any given night, like at three in the morning, <laughs> you just like were able to go in with like a portable recorder and wake them up and wake him up. <laughs> I oh, think that would be. Peter, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> and I do the voice back to him. I'm like, oh, it's so funny, though. It's the best. Look at your little Star Wars sheets. Don't tell people that, please. Your unibrow really grows in in the night. I have to pluck it every morning. Wait, don't say, don't use that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you should just crawl into bed with him. Come over in like pajamas with the bowl of popcorn. Yeah, and uh, I could do that. I would pay money for that. We're gonna do unlike it. this thing. I would pay money for that one. This is free. This one's free. This is free. Do people know it's free? I remind them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then when people complain, I'm like, let me know where to send the zero dollar refund check. It's important to know. <laughs> important to know. Uh, well, thanks for coming on my show. My and, pleasure. Uh, keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. You're the yeah, best. No problem. Now leaving Nerdist.com.